Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got my good buddies Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan Lavoie. We've got a fun show planned for you on this Wednesday as we will chat with Cole Pinkston of Auburn Live coming up at 3.30. We'll have our birthdays in sports. We'll have a nightly TV guide. We tell you about our newest sports call player of the week. And then in the final hour of the program, it's going to get wacky. Wacky things will take place. Brooks Childress will join the show. And uh, we've teased this for a few weeks now. It's happening a little bit later in today's program. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. If you would like to be a part of the show, call and chat with us. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 1-888- Nine Tiger Nine. The Thunder Chickens did not play last night. Uh, the Braves did and won, and then the Braves played this afternoon and lost. So a lot to discuss on today's show. Hi, Brant. How are you? Uh, the Braves can't win day games. That's upsetting. That, that's <laughs> um, true. But it, you know, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Like you said, Thunder Chickens got uh, rained out last night. It's ironic. Thunder Chickens got rained out. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's doing good. Uh, I, I assume we're going to talk a little bit about football today, a little bit about the Braves and, uh, you know, what we can expect. And this Wacky Wednesday, I, I know what it is, and I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about it, I think. I, uh, I, I really can't wait. It's going to be fun. It's it should be fun. be fun. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. I'm nervous about Wacky Wednesday. Um, I hope it's not what I think it is. Uh, and so uh, that <laughs> – uh, is going to be interesting, but I'm doing all right. Braves do an, another one. I, I, you've got me hyper aware of this now, uh, JJ, that whenever they play two games between shows. Uh, and again, another one and one. I feel like I say that a lot because they it's win a lot their, to catch up. They on. win their night games and do not win their uh, series ending day games. But um, trade deadline was crazy yesterday. Even the Braves making moves all the way up into. The deadline that got reported after the fact uh, made one last move with Rossella Iglesias from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So that uh, was another interesting move. But Auburn gets another recruit today. And there feels like there's a a decent amount of news uh, as we wind down, get closer to the football season. Uh, Saw that Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin are going to be working on an NIL bill and involving transfer portal as well in Congress. And that's something that Greg Sankey back at SEC Media Days said that he wa- wants to see happen. He wants to see Congress take some charge of it. And uh, so listen to that whole uh, conversation that Tommy Turville had with Paul Feinbaum about an hour ago, uh, talking about what that might look like and just getting in the very early stages of trying to craft something up in Congress. So, 
uh, yeah, lots going on and uh, just getting excited. I think what about 31 days or so until Auburn football. So uh, it's getting closer and closer. It is indeed, and we're seeing here moments ago within the past hour, the NFL is going to appeal Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. So uh, that saga will continue. It will continue to be a headline as we move forward into the football season coming up. 334-887-3401 to get your phone calls in here on the program. The final member of our show today is Mr. Tom Peavy. Hello, sir. Last but not least. That's right. There you go. Uh, uh, man, doing great. Uh, disappointed we couldn't play last night, but uh, I, I wouldn't say that we got rained out because it was not the rain was the reason of not being able to play because it was – Raining very lightly, but the fields were in, in good shape. But it was lightning like crazy, and that's why uh, I, I was shocked. There's even teams still out there on the field when we showed up to play. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of you guys went to the dugout. I stayed in my truck. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going out there in lightning. Um, I'm really surprised it didn't storm worse because I coming to the fields. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, the softball fields that we play at are literally right behind our studio. Um, it's our home field advantage. It is our home field advantage. It has not been much of a home field advantage for us, but literally right behind the studio is the Auburn Softball Complex. To get here, I was one exit up on I-85 on exit 50, and it's a mile. Since this is exit 51, that's exit 50. So literally a mile away, it was raining so hard that you could not see. And then a mile down the road, it's barely sprinkling. However, the lightning was it, was, it was quite the lightning show, but it was too dangerous to be out there on the field. So no Thunder Chickens, but uh, looking forward to everything else. I, I'm looking forward to this wacky Wednesday and seeing what is in store for us. It'll be fun, last, that's for sure. Last week, we had to sit here and listen to you guys eat copious amounts of banana pudding. That was fun. That was, that was fun. a lot of fun. And, uh, I enjoyed and being drink part of it. I think there's still two water. in the fridge unless someone's there aren't. gone <laughs> yeah. through. I'm just saying. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, too, because we need to remind people that coming up this Friday is the actual banana pudding competition in Madison, Alabama at Cross Point Church, MajorLeagueEating.com. Go watch and support everything they've got going on. And Jeffrey Esper, Tom, what happened? Uh, so we had Jeffrey Esper on the show with us last Wednesday uh, discussing everything, but he had a rib competition uh, last weekend, and he won it. So uh, he, he comes on the he show. He beat on, Joey Chestnut. He beat Joey Chestnut in a rib competition. So, yeah, Esper comes on the show, talks to us, and then a couple of days later is beating Joey Chestnut in a rib competition. We'll take credit for that. And now if you want if you want an idea of uh, – what you might see in Madison, Alabama for the uh, the banana pudding thing, if you go on YouTube and search for Jeffrey Esper, there is a video of him eating 20 pounds of banana pudding. He does it. <laughs> he does, he, He's a monster. He eats 20 pounds of banana pudding. And yes. the actual contest will be this Friday. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, to see how that goes. Could you, you guys ate two cups. I mean, how did your stomach feel after eating the little two cups of banana pudding? It was fine. Imagine, just imagine 20 pounds. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. God. Yeah. My stomach was totally fine after two little cups, but 20 pounds? Hell, one pound maybe. To, I, wow. I, will, I would have started. I feel to, like uh, 20 pounds of anything right. would be pretty tough on your right. stomach. No doubt about that. All right. Here, as we move forward on Sports Call today, we do this each and every day. Let's take this opportunity to celebrate some birthdays in sports. 
It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, Birthdays in Sports here today, August 3rd, 2022. Alec Baum is turning 26. We're not the biggest fan of him right now. A third baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. Baum was one of the top prospects in his high school class, signed with Wichita State. Hit 313 with 33 homers in three years. Taken third overall by the Phillies in 2018 and made his debut in 2020. He's got a career batting average of 284. Alec Baum, 26 years old today. Quan Alexander is celebrating his birthday today at 28 years old. He's a linebacker for the New York Jets. Alexander was a high school All-American and committed to LSU. He played with the Tigers for three years and declared for the 2014 NFL Draft. Taken in the fourth round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Quan Alexander started as a rookie. He is a one-time Pro Bowler and, again, currently plays for the New York Jets. Quan Alexander is 28 years old today. Happy birthday! Well, I liked Quan a lot when he was in Tampa, and uh, I kind of want to make the comparison since they're both LSU guys, that Quan Alexander walked so that Devin White could run yeah. uh, in Tampa. Because, <laughs> it, it felt that way. Because sure. uh, Quan leaving is why the spot was open for <laughs> Devin White to be selected. And uh, Quan, unfortunately, has not had as good of a time since leaving Tampa because he's had a lot of significant injuries. But very talented player. And, again, LSU's another place that – Talk about their wide receivers a lot, but they obviously churn out great pros on almost every level, and they've certainly done that with a few linebackers as well. Next birthday due up here, Kendrick Nunn is 27 years old, a point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers, a four-star out of high school. Nunn played college basketball at Illinois. He started as a freshman and then decided, I need to go somewhere else, and transferred to Oakland University. In his junior year, he won the Horizon League Player of the Year, also did it as a senior. After going undrafted in 2018, Kendrick Nunn signed with the Warriors and started an NBA career. He had his rookie season in 2020, starring for the Miami Heat and was first-team all-rookie. Did not play a single game last year for the Lakers. Famously mentioned in a Polo G rap song, Kendrick Nunn is 27 years old today. Well, I don't know that rap lyric. What What is the lyric? Ballin' like I'm Kendrick Nunn. Okay. Pretty simple. So, in other words... <laughs> uh, not ballin' Not at all. great and very injured. Yeah. So. yeah. Happy birthday! Like Happy him. birthday! I just like him to step on the court Happy birthday. for the Los Angeles Lakers. 27 years old. Money. Uh, and then finally... You know, we've had some stars... In birthdays and sports yeah, as of late. That's what I think when I hear Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. <laughs> and and Happy thinking birthday, about then. their age, right? We've got a lot of young superstars in sports. Sure. That for the I know what this crowd, is building to. I know what this is building to, and I'm not happy about it, I'll be honest. I don't know that you know this is what, what, what it's building to. I wrote this. No. No. It's not going where you think it's going. Okay. Someone like Jason Tatum. Okay. Right? Right. We are older than Jason Tatum. Yeah. But today, all of these birthdays, right. these guys have technically been older than us. And again, Tom PV does not count. <laughs> Tom, 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 you don't uh, count. Tom, Tom PV does I not count. I've heard that before. <laughs> uh, but then finally, 
That's what I, that was my point, and this is going to continue. It is so rare now because we have superstars in sports, Brant, that we give birthday shout-outs to people who are awesome that are older or that are, that are younger than us. Yeah, they have to be, like, retired. And today, we now have a day, once again, where we feel young. We're young! All right. Uh, Tom Brady is celebrating his birthday today, 45 years old, a quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Born in California, Brady was a three-sport athlete and attended Michigan to play football, won a national championship in 1997, drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round, number 199 pick of the 2000 draft, where from there he would go on to win seven Super Bowls, six with the Patriots, and one with the Buccaneers a five-time Super Bowl MVP, a three-time league MVP, two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, three-time All-Pro, 15-time Pro Bowler, five-time passing touchdowns leader, four-time passing yards leader, two-time passing rating leader. He owns NFL records for wins by a quarterback, passing attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns, and completions in a season. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady is 45 years old today. Happy birthday. And a partridge in a pear tree. Ever heard of him? Uh, I like that guy. Um, of course you do. He, he, uh, to be fair, you can ask Brooks Childress. He's somewhere in the building. Uh, <laughs> rooted for Brady and I think, every single Super Bowl they ever played in. Uh, maybe not the uh, Panthers one, like, 18 years ago, but also I'm like eight, so like who cares back then? But on my voting, re- on my rooting record, anyway. Um, so I was, I saw something from NFL today because there's like 110 players in the league that were uh, born after he started playing, or or, some, or, or something ridiculous like that. Um, and um, I think the craziest thing is that like once he throws for yards he'll pass george blanda for like oldest qb to throw um passing yards but then also if he he won't catch a football this year i don't think but the moment he has a rush yard people forget that he'll be the oldest to ever get a rush yard uh in a game i believe as well it was all it was a long thread the nfl did so um he, he can boast a lot of random things that have to do with age here on top of all all the things that uh, you just named. All the greatness that is Tom Brady. He's celebrating his birthday today. Tom Brady, 45 years old. Our birthdays in sports here on August 3rd, 2022. Alec Baum, Quan Alexander, Kendrick Nunn, balling like we're K-Nunn, and uh, Tom Brady is celebrating his birthday today. Let's I, take a time out. I, well, before you do that, yeah. I need you to say the third baseman for the Phillies. No. Let it go. Go to break. Bomb? No. Bon? It's not. No. no. Boom? Boom. Boom. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. It's boom. Why did no one say that is? We well, don't it, do that. Every, every time we you don't said do it. That. Every time you said it, Ryan and I just looked at each other and just shook correct our heads. me. Well, some I people don't, don't like to be no, correct. I, I, I wasn't going to interrupt you. You I want flow. this show to be accurate. If that, I'm sorry <laughs> to Mr. Alec. Alec Boom. It's not bomb. It's not bomb. It's B O H M. It would be cooler if it was I need you to correct me when that happens again. I'm sorry. Okay, you guys are suspended for this commercial break. <laughs> We're back in a moment. You're fired. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. 
We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show in the state of Alabama. We call ourselves Sports Call Auburn on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. You can download the app on both iPhone and Android devices. Listen to us on the go wherever you are. If you are out of our radio coverage, fear not, because you can listen to the show live on the Tiger Communications app. The app is also home to our podcasts. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Keep that in mind. Drink an ice-cold Coke to go along with the hottest sports talk here as uh, you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm J.J. Jackson. Tom Peavy is with me on the show. Hey, J.J., what was that guy's name again? Alec (laughs) Boehm. But uh, we had to suspend Brant Daughtry and Ryan Lavoy, and you said just for the commercial break. Their though. suspension has now been lifted. Okay, thank you. So thank you both for not appealing your suspension. But again, if I say something wrong, tell me. I was going to come back to it. Okay, but you were just on a roll, and I didn't want to interrupt you. You're on one today. You think so? Yeah. I'm yeah. off the rest of the week. That hasn't been you publicly get three said. Three days of energy. Yeah, out that, in the that world. hasn't been publicly <laughs> said. I'm, my brother's getting married. We're having a bachelor's weekend for my uh, my younger brother, so I'm uh, gonna have a whole lot of fun. But I will be off the rest of the week. The show will continue. You guys are gonna continue to have elite stuff here from three until six every single day. Absolutely. But uh, I will not be here. So again, I'm glad that. Can we move forward from this? Oh, I was ready when you are. No. Okay. No, we can't. No grudges left. Boom. Boom. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. What's next? (laughs) Uh, Coming up here in just a little bit, Cole Pinkston is going to join our show from Auburn Live. Auburn had Big Cat Weekend over the weekend, a large recruiting event. And uh, something significant happened at that event as a young player by the name of Ashley Williams, decommitted from Nebraska while he was playing, or while he was at Big Cat Weekend this weekend. He decommitted from the Cornhuskers. He is from a town called Zachary, Louisiana, which I have never heard of in my life, but now we have. Shout out to Zachary, Louisiana. And today, Ashley Williams committed to join the Auburn Tigers. He did. So they have their third commitment of the Big Cat Weekend events that have taken place in the class of 2023. Uh, A commit here in Ashley Williams. So big stuff for the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ashley Williams, a guy who's kind of, uh, for a four-star, not on a lot of people's radars, but he is a consensus four-star. Pretty much everybody thinks that's what he's going to be. It's interesting. He's listed as an edge. Some people that I've seen have said uh, 
they might bulk him up and move him inside. It kind of just depends on what the need is. But he's a, he's a a tweener if you want to go that way. So he might be an edge guy. He might be an inside guy. But you know, I, I think this is momentum on the recruiting trail. I think uh, you heard a lot of people talk about over Big Cat Weekend. You only got two commitments, and they're from guys from the twenty four class. Well, what big this Big Cat Weekend was still a success because even though you did you only got two commitments on day of. You're, you've built relationships with guys in that 24 class, and you've also started to really get out on these guys who are in the 23 class. And you you heard a lot of people say well, you didn't see any commitments from the 23 class on that day, but you're going to see kids commit to Auburn from the 23 class because of what they experienced that day. I mean, they're, they're going to take their other visits. They're going to commit at the times they've set. But you're going to see the dividends of Big Cat Weekend pay off uh, in the future, and certainly for a – the 2024 class, I think, going forward as well. Yeah, and another four-star guy. So Auburn's got all four-star guys, um, all six of them. They move up from 75 to 63 in the composite rankings. Of course, a lot of that has to do with just not having many guys, period. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, because of how the ratings work out, Ashley Williams rated as the number 350 player nationally. It actually brought that average down. On as far as uh, average of commit when you're just looking at the peer out of 100 rating, basically. It brought down about a half a point. But um, they're doing a good job of getting guys up front, obviously. That's their second in as many, almost as many days. Uh, Denod was, or as many weeks, I should say. Denod was last week. Um, still a lot to do in the class, obviously. Positive momentum continues, but uh, they're also starting from a pretty – low place so they've got to have a a long string of success and again go back to what brian harson said at media days a couple weeks ago uh watch watch the football team this year and so putting a lot of merit and a lot of weight into what happens this season it's kind of an interesting approach because there there are two approaches here like when you're being in some ways unfairly scrutinized, especially by the uh, board of trustees and by the boosters um, after just one season, you have two approaches. You can kind of be defensive or you can be offensive. And the defensive approach say, we got to get some time to get our guys in. We, you know, it's just year, year two coming up here. We, we, you need time. This is a process. And that's an approach that's taken by most coaches. If you listen to how they speak, but Brian Harson has been very aggressive, and he's been on the offensive, and he's talked about, obviously, he's met the, met the uh, allegations head-on and referencing them, and he is putting a lot of weight into this season. I, I don't think, to the analyst, year two is really ever a make-or-break year. I mean, it can be very important. You need to start to show the upward trajectory of a program in year two. Year one's kind of a, a free-for-all. Uh, but year two usually needs to be a step up. But in this case, if there's not a significant step up, I mean, there's a possibility of getting fired here. I mean, it's a tangible possibility. And so it's it's interesting to see him kind of lean into that and just kind of further put expectations on himself where he kind of is putting some self, I don't want to say pressure, but self um, – uh, not anxiousness, but just the need to do something quickly, urgency, self-urgency of the program to do something 
uh, pretty solid pretty quickly. And you don't always see that out of most guys. I think it speaks to the personality that Brian Harson has, a can-do, workmanlike attitude. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm not used to this, and it does, again, put a lot of importance into a year two that usually does not have this much weightiness to it. You Let's know. see what happens. we got to take a break. We Can do. Can we hold that thought? Let's do it. Because we'll be able to talk more in depth about recruiting with Cole Pinkston, who does a great job covering football recruiting for AuburnLive.com. He joins us right after this next commercial break here on Sports Call. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan Lavoy. We hope that you are doing well on this Wednesday. We're certainly excited and fired up because we have the absolute honor of going to our Auburn Bank phone line and bringing on our next guest, a good friend of the program, Cole Pinkston from Auburn Live, a recruiting extraordinaire, joins us here on today's show. Pink, the time is greatly appreciated How's your Wednesday been so far? Man, it's it's been kind of it's been uh, newsworthy. You know, Auburn got, picked up a commitment today from a four-star edge player from Louisiana. So that's in uh, fall camp. Yeah, we got fall camp coming up this weekend, which is going to be awesome. We were just talking about Ashley Williams, uh, originally a Nebraska commit, and we saw that he was able to uh, he decommitted from Nebraska over the weekend at Big Cat Weekend. I mean, did we expect a commitment to Auburn to come this quickly, or uh, are, are we surprised at how quickly this came for the Tigers to land the four-star edge in Ashley Williams? Yeah, I, I think some of Auburn were actually expecting it to happen this weekend while he was at Auburn on campus for Big Cat Weekend. Uh, he there was, there was a chance that he was not going to make it to that event, but he ended up coming and uh, had some family that weren't able to make it, so... I think he wanted to go home and be with them for his announcement and uh, make sure that they were with him, you know, for for the big news. How big of a get is this for Auburn? Uh, to me, it's a huge it's a huge addition because you've got you've got so much of a need at the edge position. You, I mean, Derek Hall and Eki Leota are the two starters who probably won't return next year. They'll probably go pro. You come back with one scholarship player in uh, Dylan Brooks. So you've got to have some guys that can come in and immediately contribute. I think Ashley Williams is somebody that is needs to add some weight right now to his frame. He's got a great frame, a bit skinny at the moment. Um, he he can come in, though, and provide some help as a pass rusher. Um, there, You know, you have your edge position, and it can be 
versatile. You have guys that play more like a defensive end and guys that play more like a pass rusher. Um, it, it is a hybrid position. So to me, Ashley Williams is your pass rusher role type guy, and I think he can contribute as early as, as year one at Auburn. Which is awesome to think about. So now the Tigers have six commits in the class of 2023. All of them happen to be four-star. I'm curious your thoughts on this. So uh, we mentioned Big Cat Weekend, and that's the ability for all this to be set up. And um, a lot of good things took place. But as you said, uh, it felt like Ashley could have been somebody that committed to the Tigers over the weekend. Only two commits actually took place over the weekend for the Auburn Tigers. So, Cole, if we were to ask this Auburn football coaching staff how Big Cat Weekend went, would they be pleased? Would they feel like there was more left to be done? How do you think that coaching staff walked away from this past weekend? I, I think overall they are pleased. I think there are some things that didn't transpire that they thought maybe could during the weekend. But at the same time, they look at it as a very big positive to have all these guys on campus and to have them in, in a more relaxed environment, not just football talk. So having them, uh, you know, all there and being in that environment and, and the families and having coaches' families there so they can all meet and greet and, and play games, have fun, you know, that kind of thing, be relaxed. Uh, I think that goes a long way for the recruiting learning about the staff because they've mostly only talked football with these guys. So getting to see them in a different light was big and, and we're still tracking guys that were there and, and seeing how things went. And uh, it just it seems like there's some momentum with guys that maybe there weren't there wasn't momentum with in the first place, and that that's always a good thing. And and you see you're already seeing some some traction from that with with uh, Ashley Williams committing today. Cool. Uh, the position that everybody wants to talk about as far as recruiting goes is offensive line. Uh, still. Uh, only one commitment in the class of 23 for the offensive line and Braden Joyner. Do you see the any other big guys committing to Auburn here soon? Yeah, uh, Friday you've got you've got a, a borderline four star. He's he's a three star right now with us, but he's some consider him a four star uh, offensive lineman, interior guy, Connor Lou. He's he's going to make his decision between Auburn, uh, Georgia, Miami, and Clemson, and we, we've heard. We've heard chatter about Georgia. We've heard chatter about Miami, uh, and we've heard chatter about Auburn. Those seem to be the three standing out um, from, from our sources and from what we've gathered. It sounds like Auburn feels some confidence here, and that they could they could really win out there, which would be a massive win, especially considering the schools that are in play there. So, um, I think Brian Harson's taken a personal interest in that recruitment, and and he's uh, he he knows just like just like you're saying there that. There's some urgency to get some more offensive linemen in in, in the boat and, and some guys that can play early, not just not just bodies. They need to be guys that can contrib- contribute in year one. So I think Connor Liu is a guy to watch. And then Bo Hughley, uh, Georgia commit, was on campus for Big Cat Weekend. That was his fifth trip since January. So he's a frequent visitor over there at Auburn. And, and there was some, you know, some confidence this weekend that maybe the staff had his mind uh, made up on a flip, and nothing has happened to this point. But, but the staff still feels some confidence there that that they're in a great position with the four-star offensive tackle that's committed to Georgia, Bo Hughley. Which is big. I mean, you need you need things to happen in that offensive line spot. 
uh, in particular for the Tigers. Obviously an experienced group going into this season, but after this season, so many question marks are still out there. Cole Pinkston is joining us here on the program today, the recruiting uh, expert with AuburnLive.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Cole Pinkston. Continuing to talk a little bit about that offensive line, are there any other names to be aware of or, or kind of what is the timeline outside of this commitment that's coming up on Friday? Yeah, I would say um, Janoris Wilson is another guy to keep tabs on right now. He he visited for Big Cat Weekend. Guy from Florida. He's, he's a three-star recruit for us right now. Uh, didn't have a lot of exposure during the summer. Didn't go to many camps. Things of that nature, but his film stood out to the Auburn staff. They've been working really hard on him. And even, uh, you know, I think they even talked to him about maybe a commitment timeline this weekend because they want to try to get him in the boat. And so far that hasn't happened. But just like with Ashley Williams, I think he's a guy to watch who could possibly join the class before too long. Uh, I, just because he seems to really like Auburn. They like him. And, and there, there, there's a lot of mutual interest there. And he's, he told me that he was going to be taking some more trips. And I think that's the guy. He's 6'4", six, six, 320 pounds, sort of a swing guy, could play inside or outside at guard or tackle. So somebody with high value, uh, according to the Auburn staff. Cole, obviously we know that, that Auburn is behind just as far as the number of recruits. Their quality has been pretty good, but obviously just six commits to this point. But we're in a different age of college football where we see more transfer portal guys and we just see higher variances and in, in roster numbers and that sort of thing. So I'm curious if Auburn is in the boat of they actually don't want to sign a full 25 or if there's a particular number that they would be comfortable with under under the traditional 25 or just kind of how they're feeling in terms of the numbers. Yeah, you know, I really don't think there's a, a set number here. Um they did have some success in the transfer portal, got a few guys that they really wanted, um, missed a bunch that they, they wanted as well. But, you know, you live and learn. That was their first attempt at it, just like many people have. And they think they might have some more success there in the next year, especially with playing time to offer at certain positions uh, where they didn't have it this past cycle. So I think what they'll do is look through the board and go, these are the guys we really we really want. Um we need to get a few at certain positions, of course. But we're going to make sure we get the guys that we think are quality guys that can come in and help out. And we'll worry about the numbers later. Obviously, you got positions like edge and offensive line where they know they've got to get some young guys. But other than that, I don't think they're going to push for, for certain numbers. I think they're just going to make sure they get the right players in the boat and then turn to the portal again. That's, that's just my observation from it. And Cole, another question I'm curious about. We've seen in recent years tendencies for certain programs to maybe recruit a certain area very well. It seemed Auburn recruited the state of Georgia incredibly well for a while. Now it feels like they're doing a really good job in Louisiana. Uh, do you think there's a, a, a particular regional focus that Auburn is trying to really kind of uh, play to a little bit more than they have in years past? Or do you think it's just kind of the overall outreach of the program? Yeah, I just think the staff understands, um, you know, where the talent is. And Louisiana is always a state that's loaded. And LSU's got a new coach, you know, that's not from the state of Louisiana. Ed Orgeron was from the state of Louisiana, and he didn't have a problem recruiting there. He could get pretty much anybody he wanted in state. Uh, Brian Kelly's not from around the area. So just like Harson was at Auburn, he's a little behind in that regard. And 
why LSU will get the players they want from the state, uh, you know, it's worth trying. And so far they've had some success with some of those Louisiana players. And I was looking at the roster the other day, and the state of Florida is somewhere that Auburn has historically done well. And uh, right now there's only five guys on scholarship from the state of Florida. And to me that was shocking. I thought there would be more than that. So it really looks like they're trying to dip into that state and get some players there as well along with your main recruiting grounds of Auburn and Georgia. I mean, excuse me, Alabama and Georgia. We do like to promote it as the state of Auburn from time to time, as <laughs> as Gus Malzahn loved to do. So that's a, that's a fair slip-up right there. Cole Pinkston's yeah. joining us here. You can see his work, AuburnLive.com, and follow him on Twitter, at Cole Pinkston. So over the weekend, they did get a quarterback commitment for the class of 24, uh, but in the class of 2023, Brock Lynn was a name that so many people talked about. He's now committed to Ohio State. Is there a plan for the quarterback spot in 2023, Cole? Yeah, I think the plan is to go out and evaluate and make sure that there are, you know, that they haven't missed on somebody that might be worth taking. I don't think that there's a reach to go and get a quarterback in the 23 class now that you do have a commitment in the 2024 class. And also... You have another guy in the 2024 class that Auburn is very high on and, and vice versa in uh, Aaron Nolan from Langston Hughes High School, which is a school that Auburn's recruiting really heavily right now, multiple prospects there. So I, I think I think if they get both of those guys in the boat, if they were able to do that, they would. Uh, and, and the possibilities out there, uh, I think Aaron Nolan is still very high on Auburn and, and the same for Auburn with Nolan. So that's the situation – I'm monitoring. I don't think they would reach for a guy in 2023. Now, you'll have the portal again. Obviously, uh, the three quarterbacks they have that are going to be competing in the camp came from the portal and Robbie Ashford, Zach Calzada, and TJ Finley. So, they've done that before. Would not be shocked to see them go and look for a portal quarterback again. How excited are you for football season to be here so we don't have to talk as much speculation on what year two is going to look like and we can actually see results on the field? Oh, man. The speculation's fun, but you know it's only fun for so long. Yeah, it's, it's time to it's time to see what's going on over there. Uh, you know, we're going to be there for practice Friday at the media viewing windows, and uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to see what's going on there. I'm ready to see certain guys in action, and uh, you know, ready for ready for football season to arrive finally. It's almost here. It's almost here, and good things are certainly yeah. happening. It's awesome. Cole Pinkston here with us on the show. Cole, go ahead and promote AuburnLive.com, what you guys got going on there, and who all we should be following to know what's happening with Auburn football. Yeah, yeah, AuburnLiveOn3.com. You go to the main front page, you'll see our promo that's going on right now, $1 for an entire year of, wow. you know, it's really the best content in Auburn, uh, you know, in the Auburn hemisphere. And So, to me, Keith Neaver joined us, and that just completed what is is an unbelievable team of guys with me, Jeffrey Lee, Justin Hokinson. Uh, you can follow them all at Twitter by their names. And man, it's it's just a it's just a superstar team, and I, I'm I'm learning from the best. That's for sure. Well, Cole, you're a superstar guest because in this conversation, you've called Auburn both a state and a hemisphere. That's why we bring you on this show. For reasons like that. Thanks for the time today, buddy. This was great. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. All right. That's our buddy Cole Pinkston joining us there on the program. Gotta love it. Good stuff. This Auburn class 
2023, I think will be a good one ultimately when it's all said and done. And I like the, the question you had, Ryan, about sort of the, the regional focus that might be in place, certain areas across the Southeast that Auburn's doing a great job of recruiting where they can improve and more. Fun stuff there from Cole Pinkston. Let's take a timeout. We've got a commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan Lavoy. Few minutes left here in hour number one. Six or seven minutes left to go here. Again, our thanks to Cole Pinkston from Auburn Life for joining us on the program. Let's take your phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. Joining us now. War damn Steve. Retired War Damn Steve has called into the program. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, and I'm ready to war damn some, okay? Let's do it. All right, who said the following? This is a quote of the day for me. I think we're going to be pretty damn good. A lot of people are saying a lot of stuff about us, some good, some bad. I really don't care. Nobody cares. They can never do what we do. We're going to prove a lot of people wrong and prove ourselves right by shocking a lot of people this season, end of quote. Uh, Brian Harson? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> good, good try there, uh, Tom. Now, it's an Auburn football player. Take Bigsby. Yeah, that feels like a Derek Hall quote. Derek Hall. No, come Is that on, Calzada? Keandre Jones. Andrews Carlson. All right, Keandre <laughs> Jones. Keandre, yep. Pretty yep. fun. That's All right. right. Yeah, he, he, he bumped me up after I really, you know, I'll, I'll go and uh, play with him. I'll suit Run up. Run through a wall, yeah. All right. So I enjoyed the uh, people you had conversations with uh, yesterday, J.J. I don't know how you line these people up. Or what kind of you know? As soon as you give them, uh, but they were all they were all really good. Thank you, in Steve. Fact, I really I really enjoyed hearing uh, from uh, gentleman. Uh, his name is uh, Jason Reed. Uh, Jason Reed. Yes, yes. About the uh, the amount of uh, really uh, I guess uh, torture that has been uh, you know that has been endured by black uh, quarterbacks. Um, and I forgot all. And I've never seen these guys. You know, Warren Moon. Uh, Marlon Driscoll, uh, I mean, he said out right that he was discriminated against because he holds still holds apparently the rookie record uh, for quarterback uh, passing yards, I guess, yeah. at Denver, and was just dropped. Yep. Randall Cunningham uh, was great. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of, of big names that we were able to reflect on with him. Right. And very little, though, he didn't make any comments about Jason Williams. Jason went through a lot of crap, constantly traded off and on. But do you think, guys, that was due to – you know, any racial issues or they she just didn't fit with those programs? I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, there, when we were having that conversation with him, obviously we brought up the two Auburn guys in Jason Campbell and Cam Newton. And in the book, I mean, we were sent a copy and I got a chance to read through it. Cam is, is not discussed much at all. And I say that to say 
that there were a couple of names, obviously, that there have been a good number of them. Not enough. Uh, clearly more white quarterbacks than, than black in the sport, but not everybody uh, was able to have their story told in a book like that uh, put together by Jason Reed. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you're really adept at getting these uh, people to come on the show. I'd like to see if you could possibly get Jason Campbell and maybe address from his perspective. Sure. If he, if he experienced you know, any discrimination on all these consonants. We've talked to traded. Jason on the show before, so I'll have to reach back out and, and, uh, and see if he can come back and just talk about the season coming up. And then also, yeah, that would be interesting to touch on. Yeah, and enjoy the conversation with uh, Mr. Bruce Thompson. I almost laughed when he said he had not... It only been, I think, uh, thrown out of a game once in 30 years. Is that right? That's right. And so like he needs to up that score. Right. Isn't that fair, though? I mean, he's got to talk about selling his program. And Butch Thompson was saying, well, hey, I can't tell you what it's like to sit on the monster seats because I'm going to have the same seat in the dugout. So I might need to be thrown out of a game so I can go watch a game from up there. I thought that was hilarious. Right. And uh, also Justin Ferguson, his comments. Uh, I, I really appreciate him saying that even those Auburn – uh, fans who are somewhat jaded, uh, he said, you know, uh, just you know, kind of stay, step back, you know, and wait for the season to see how it uh, pans out. All right. Uh, with that said, guys, uh, Mr. Ryan LaVoy? Yes, sir. Your guy, 45 years old today, right? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's been at it a while. Okay, but Mr. Joey Blanda was 48. Okay. When he retired. So he's got three more years to, to try and uh, – uh, tie or break that record. You think he'll do it? I don't know if he'll play to 48. Um, I don't think Brady really has to worry about anything George Blanda did, though, at the end of the day. Okay, oh, I, I agree. But uh, that guy, I mean, he was not only a quarterback, he also kicked field goals. Yeah, that was a different time back then. You had drop kicks and you had all, all sorts of things we don't see in the game today. Right, and then that great commit I heard Cole Pinkson talk about, I think it was a fantastic clip uh, that we got uh, uh, that gentleman from Nebraska. But uh, question, guys, and uh, I would have asked this, what do you think was the reason that he was not uh, offered anything by his own state, LSU? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the answer to that. I, I don't know why that would be. We'd probably have to ask Ashley Williams, the recruit himself, uh, why that might be. But um, I, I know that offers were starting to come towards him once he started taking these bigger SEC visits. And so I think it just speaks more to he started to fall in love with Auburn and wanted to be here. And so it didn't matter to him that he wasn't he hadn't got those other offers yet, like let me be an Auburn Tiger, and that's what he's chosen to do. Yeah, I wonder, do you know if Trevon Reed had very much to do this? I don't Absolutely. Absolutely. Any Anytime a, a Louisiana kid is on campus, Auburn is very wise, and they send Trevon over to, to warm him up a little bit. And there's a big flip, guys that uh, is trending in our direction. Yeah, Bo Hughley? Bo, Bo Hughley. That'd be a big, big, big flip if Auburn's able to officially pull that off. Of course, you know, if he does commit to us early, then somehow we need to pay him a long fishing trip uh, up until signing day. Yeah. <laughs> because apparently, if we don't, then somebody else will, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, finally, real quickly, guys, uh, probably the most probably... A uh, famous uh, broadcaster uh, in sports uh, passed away yesterday, Mr. Vince Scully. Yes, an absolute icon, 94 years old. I mean, he's one of the reasons that many of us want to do the play-by-play thing because he's so, so, so good at it. Uh, had the big, famous Henry Aaron home run call. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, unfortunate that 
He passed away. What a life he lived. The number of decades he spent in a Major League Baseball broadcasting booth. Just an all-time legend. Right. With one team only. Yep. When the Brooks and Dodgers moved, he went with them. Indeed. Quite. Uh, I mean, you don't see that happening very much uh, with broadcasters uh, hardly anymore. And I remember all like, every time he would uh, come on board, he'd say the following. Hi, everybody. And a very pleasant good evening to you wherever you may be. That's right. So with that, guys, I thank you for your time. I know my time is way up as usual. So uh, until uh, next time we meet, warning with you. Have a safe evening, everybody. Talk to you next time. That's our buddy retired Ward Amp Steve joining us there on the program. That brings us to the end of the first hour of Sports Call here today. Two hours left to go. Oh, boy, we've got a good show planned for you the rest of the way. Alongside Ryan Scott Lavoy, Brant Calvin Daughtry. There you go. And Thomas... Edward Patrick Peavy. <laughs> Not quite. A playoff of Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Tom Peavy is here with us on the show. I'm Joshua Lyndon Jackson, the fourth. That does it for the first hour of our show. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson is my name. I'm inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan LaVoy. I hope that you were doing well on this Wednesday. If you would like to be a part of the show what you could do is give us a phone call, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 Our thanks again to Cole Pinkston from Auburn Live for joining us on the show in hour number one, talking about the latest news around Auburn football in the recruiting world as they get set for this upcoming football season. And the biggest news of them all is the fact that the month of August is here Fall camp starts this week, yes. which means Oof. once fall camp starts, football season can football. happen. You have to do fall camp before you play games. So the fact that we're here means we'll be talking about actual games and product on the field in no time. You would uh, really like to get in a couple of practices uh, and hit each other before you have to start playing games against other teams. Uh, let's also go ahead and get this out of the way because we have had uh... – Numerous callers, uh, not, maybe not numerous, but one. But and by the way, how is Shadow doing? Have we talked to Shadow lately? It's been a little bit since we've gotten a, a chance bit. to catch up with him. The quarterbacks, I would imagine, will not be live. No, <laughs> in camp, no. So yeah. let's just go ahead and get <laughs> not, that out of the way. Not just no, but hell no. Yeah. No. The, yeah. the quarterbacks will be in orange jerseys. Yes, as they should be. Yes. Boy, did he like to bring that up every off season. 
our good pal Shadow. I, I remember one off season. It was the year Every where, Anthony, where Anthony Schwartz got his hand hurt before the season started. He said, in the same call, Auburn goes live too much, and that's why Anthony Schwartz got hurt, and Auburn needs to go live more with the quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> in the same call. And I was like, this man is a legend. He is a legend. Absolutely. He is a legend. But, yeah, yeah I mean, and there was a there was a clip from a from an NFL camp recently and I don't remember uh I, I can't remember which team it was and which quarterback it was but a defender got his tail just ripped apart by the coach because he just got close to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He didn't even put hands on him. He just got close. Yeah. And there was a, a video of the Bills practice where Josh Allen got into it with a, a rookie defensive tackle and like Allen was the instigator, but the defensive tackle didn't back off in time. We were saying, well, he's he's going to lose his job. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no hitting the quarterbacks. Keep them healthy. Yeah. yeah. Do not dare touch don't the quarterback. Don't touch the just quarterback. Just don't do it. Don't touch the quarterback. I don't know why that's difficult for some people. It's just wise not to – I mean, let's make sure all these quarterbacks are healthy. You can touch them in games. Right. I think they're way overprotected in actual competition. Right. But when it's your quarterback, don't touch him. Please, it'll help things out if that's the case. Uh, again, 334-887-3401 if you would like to call in and be a part of the show. But, I mean, we talk about position battles going into fall camp. That's obviously something that uh, takes place a lot, and quarterback is going to be one of them. Uh, it's just, you know, we, we're asked a number of times, and we are so grateful for the profession and jobs that we have to be able to sit here and uh, run our mouths for three hours, weekdays. We but at a certain point, you know, we're ready to talk so about ready. other things. I've been than the same I've been thing over ready, and over and over again. I've been ready to get done with talking season since about two weeks before media days. Honestly, like I'm, I'm just so ready to watch football and just talk about what happened rather than what I think is going to happen. Right? Because I don't know. If I knew, I'd put money on it. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. There, there's always surprises in yeah. college football, and yeah, the you can talk about parity, and and it seems like it's always. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, always up there. But there's still surprises that happen. I mean, one of those three teams could end up losing two games and not even being in the picture. There could be a team that comes out of nowhere that nobody is talking about that that makes a lot of noise. Auburn could be that team. We just don't know. We do know that historically when Auburn is not looked at as a, as a top team is when they normally do well. So there's always surprises, and that's what makes – College football so great is is because there are those surprise teams, there are those disappointing teams, but you just like you said, you just don't know until you get out there on the field, strap the helmets on, and go to work. And you know, I, I'm on record as being a little bit lower uh, than maybe some Auburn people than uh, than than most. But another parallel to all those teams that seem to um, far achieve more than than expected was um, unproven quarterbacks that had to uh, win a job. And, look, no one on this team will be Cameron Newton, but uh, Nate Marshall ended up being a really good college quarterback when he was supposed to be a college defensive back when he started at Georgia and is now a professional defensive back in the CFL. Uh, and he ends up being a really good college quarterback for what the, the system needed. And um, 
that's, I guess, part of just trying to analyze it and maybe overthink it a little bit. I think probably people get caught up on that quarterback position and they kind of forget that Auburn still recruits top 10 and 15 talent around that position. So when they get a boom situation in their quarterback room, then they become a, a really good team. Now, again, that history will not always repeat itself, and there are clear challenges to this team. But I'm with you guys. I, I'm ready to see it. We obviously talk about it a lot, and we love it. And we certainly uh, – I, I would I would almost love to go back and see how thoughts on the team progress over the six, seven, eight months that they're not playing. That'd be a good project. I would, I would almost assume that that they do change without our knowledge. Like we're not, we're not going in the changes of from title contender to six and six or vice versa. But you know how good you feel about a position group over time based on what people are saying, based Absolutely. on how you see them playing this spring and and recruiting and all that would be funny just to see how much of that elapses between football games between the bowl game and the, the start of the next season so i'm with you guys i'm ready to have it happen i love what you just said brant about if i knew i'd go bet on it i yeah. joked the other day in the office i wish i had biff's uh, sports almanac from back to the future yeah. and i would make like <laughs> one huge parlay bet say oh i'm the luckiest man in the world and then burn it burn the evidence <laughs> uh, and make my millions that one time so um yeah, it is. Um, it's about time to to see what this thing is going to look like, and and also we're going to be in the coming weeks. We're gonna we've been kind of doing broad previews, not really even previews, just kind of talking about what's been going on. But in the coming weeks, we'll start to really narrow down and, and do some more concentrated previews of not only Auburn but other teams around the country. So uh, it's it's. Pre, I mean, we're essentially preseason now. I mean, technically, I think on Friday, I think you can safely say we're we're entering the preseason once Auburn starts to uh, begin with fall camp, and certainly other programs have already started. So it's 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 close, and we'll be ready. And then remember, tomorrow we've got the NFL Hall of Fame game in the preseason, so you will actually have wow, an NFL game being played tomorrow night, which shows wow. you. Uh, how close things are. This offseason has been... Reali- I didn't realize that was already yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, sneaking up tomorrow. Goodness it's gracious. Tomorrow. Think about how long this offseason has been uh, with, with this thought right here. Last year's team, we know how it finished. We know the five-game losing streak. The quarterback for the Tigers, Bo Nix, hurt to end the season, and then when the season comes to a close, like, what do you remember about the night that Bo Nix posted the video announcing his intention to transfer away from all like that feels like yeah forever ago i remember i was on my couch i know exactly where i you know but it just feels like ages ago it was so weird too because bo was brought up in a similar environment that i was no my dad was not a quarterback at auburn but my uncle was a linebacker at auburn so everybody in my family big big auburn stuff going to auburn games my entire life and i thought to a point bo and i had a similar mindset about auburn and i still think we do and that we love this place and we do anything for it. But I didn't think that Bo was capable of making a business decision. And that night I found out how wrong I was. Uh, and, and you know, I, I've i defended Bo, to, and I will defend Bo to the ends of the earth. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a really good quarterback. And I think he got a lot of crap at Auburn that he didn't deserve. And, you know, I, I'm really hoping he has success at Oregon. 
I don't think I thought of this at the time, and I don't remember what my thoughts really were at the time. I guess I could deep dive and, and figure it out on the fly. But uh, my smart aleck thought that I just had is I, I suppose that going to the – uh, Great Northwest would uh, no longer warrant a Milo sweet tea endorsement. Um, but, he's got that Nike money now. He doesn't yeah, need Milo. He's got different endorsements for sure. Um, Starbucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. He went from a coffee, or he went from a tea to a coffee guy. Um, you know, it obviously set in motion a little bit of anxiety, I think, just because Bo's been penciled in for multiple years. And any time a quarterback, I mean – whether, whether he succeeds to the degree you want him to or not, I mean, there's a certain comfort level. Like, all right, this guy's under center. How do you build around that? What does he need to do to get better? You have one or two questions. It's just what does he need to do to get better and around him what needs to get better? Well, now you have all these questions of not only do you have the questions of what needs to get better and going through all these position groups that may or may not be good enough, you also say, well, who's the guy going to be? You know, who, who is going to be the quarterback? And then what strengths does he have? What are you looking for in the new quarterback? Because you have multiple guys here. They're all going to have different strengths. You don't have three carbon copy guys here. Like if you were to go with Robbie Ashford, that completely changes what you would want to do offensively. And it would also kind of change some of the skill sets required around Robbie Ashford. Obviously, uh, this is not me saying Robbie Ashford wins the job. I think a lot of us will agree that Zach Calzada seems to be the most momentum. And if it's not Calzada, it's probably not Ashford even then. It's probably still TJ Finley. So, uh, you know, that's just simply to say there are very different guys here um, trying to vie for the position that have different strengths and weaknesses. So when you're assessing a quarterback position, you have so many questions all of a sudden. And some of those are very exciting questions. I think, unfortunately, Auburn has some of the, the lesser desired transfers here uh, compared to other SEC schools. I think Auburn would much rather have Spencer Rattler in their camp. I think Jackson Dart would be very exciting. Now, he's still fairly unproven, but – I think a lot of people are excited about Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin together. So maybe it's not the most exciting transfers, but again, it's a new day. It's it's a new opportunity for growth and development and a new leader at that position. So, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty to it, and that's why, you know, when callers kind of don't understand why Auburn is not picked to do well. Well, that is why, because there's great uncertainty there at the most important position on the field. But um, at the same time, there's an array of possibilities, and the jury will be out, and there will be room to prove people wrong. Let's take your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 as we go to the phone lines. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into today's show. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's up, JJ? Who hey, do you have with you? We've got Brant and Tom and Ryan. Hey, Brant. Hey, Tom. Hey, Ryan. What's up? What's hey, up, buddy. Man? How you doing? Fine. Hey, I got a couple of uh, questions for you guys. First question is about Tim Hudson, and then um, what do you guys think about Tim Hudson because of the sun? No, I, th- I think it's awesome, uh, I, and I'm sure that's something that they as a family have discussed and have wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that's a great opportunity for uh, Tim Hudson to go over there and be a head coach at Lee Scott and have that opportunity to coach his son. So, yeah, I think it's a great deal. So what do you think about uh, Bitch Thompson hiring the pitching coach from Mississippi State? 
from uh, Memphis was where he was the head coach for 18 years. And we got to talk to Coach Thompson on the show yesterday. We interviewed him, and that was his pitching coach. And so uh, the fact that they're being reunited, he has so many years, over 35-plus years of coaching experience. It is a remarkable hire for Butch Thompson. And then I saw that Auburn flipped um, Ashley Williams to commit to Auburn. So what do you guys think about that? It's huge. It's a big-time get for them. That edge position is one of need. From Nebraska now to Auburn, they've got six commits. Great stuff. Uh, are they still looking at the guy from Ohio State? Is he, has he made a decision if he's going to Auburn or not? Brock Glenn uh, is the quarterback that recently committed there, but then you've got the, the tight end as well. What? All right. That's uh. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys Monday. All right, buddy. You be well. That's our pal Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the program. He'll talk to us again on Monday. All right, quick timeout. We'll be back with more sports call right after this. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan Lavoy. We hope that everyone is doing well on this Wednesday. Your phone calls are welcome, 334-887-3401. Wacky Wednesday still coming up on today's show. Things get weird, and it's okay. It's uh, it's intentionally getting weird on Wednesdays. Uh We're not going to be able to keep doing this forever because once we get into the heart of football season, there are going to be more things that take place Wednesday afternoons. We always have our fantasy football chats with our buddy Joe Bartle from Roto-Wire, so those are coming back in the future. And, uh, yeah, we got to enjoy the wackiness while we can. Let me me suggest a segment that only Brooks Childress would enjoy, and he's not even in the room. Wingback Wednesday. We take a look at the best triple option <laughs> wishbone attack from the from the service academies. I would go nuts for that, man. I I love a good look wing tee, baby. The, I love a good wing tee. The great tea. stats. It's like this Navy wingback had six carries for 150 yards because because they only used that that part of the option a few times, and when it did, it just hit. Should we do it? I mean, we did uh, Kevin Kelly updates last year. We had to let the world know what was going on with Presbyterian football for the coach that did never, did never, uh, that uh, never punted. Never punted, he got always fired, two, right? and always onside kicked. And yes, he did get fired. Only after one year. Oh, yeah. Tough. Yeah. Tough. Tough look. Can't say Auburn's the toughest <laughs> yeah. on their coaches. Presbyterian <laughs> College, man. Shout out the home state. It was interesting. They won their first game by a lot. And then I think they lost their second game in a close one. Then they won their third game in a close game. And I think every other game was like sixty-three to nothing loss, something like that. It was ridiculous. It wasn't great. They lost to the Campbell Camels for Mister uh, Kevin. We were Kelly. moving conferences. 
and they're in the this is thank you for doing this this is just <laughs> every so everyone out there can just randomly hear this they're leaving the big south campbell's leaving the big south for the colonial i believe yep their top 100 in their recruiting class they have a four-star commit <laughs> just so everyone knows that go camel <laughs> do, do with that camel. what you will but i saw that online yesterday they have a four-star commit they're like 92nd in a four-star camel they're beating at least like that? 30 something fbs programs how many? So go camels. I want to. I want to know this kid. I want to meet this young man who's committed to the camel camels. <laughs> Always dreamed of being a camel. <laughs> Aren't camels? You know, Mike, 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 Hump Day. Hump Day I mean, Wednesday. Yeah, That's what we do. This Campbell updates <laughs> every Wednesday. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna turn it into into Campbell updates. <laughs> I'm down. Hump Day update. <laughs> Hump Day updates. That's camel awesome. Football. That's pretty great. Look at us thinking We're together. Thinking That's all we think, need. Yeah. Group this, think is this is remarkable. what it is normally like around the office. We're just doing it into the microphones exactly. right now. Do cam? How many? How many humps do camels get to have? Is I it only there's one? A, there's there's two different types of camels. Yeah. There there's a one has a one hump, and there's a camel that has two humps. What if I had a three hump camel? Then you're just you have a freak. Then that you would have be a genetic a, freak. That, that would be a tumor. <laughs> I was gonna say that's when you give want, him, yeah. that's when you give him that fifth star. Well, now we just got sad. Yeah, yeah. One one hump or two humps. That's all camels have. Okay, but there are, you can't. I, I'm glad that it's not just hey, all camels have one hump. No, everyone's a little different. Right, <laughs> everyone's a little. What is different. the genetic disadvantage to having multiple humps? <laughs> yeah. And those humps carry water, correct? Correct. So I, well, actually, would it be better to have two two humps? Then? Yeah. Or are you too yeah, heavy like, because so. you're carrying too I'm saying, much like, water? I, I think like two humps is the obvious advantage. So like, why would you not want two humps? Why do the one hump camels exist? How did they get to this point? This is not even technically wacky Wednesday, by the way, for those that were enjoying football discussion. And no, this like, is, this is we? just spitting silly right <laughs> now. We're so actually, you said water. It's I, I'm just reading. It. Camel's hump is where the camel stores fat. Oh no, that's it's very different. No, they told us wrong our it's, entire life. Since really? I was a little boy, they said it is, was water. Is water stored in the fat? Uh, it probably, it's energy storage, but it's fat. It's it's not. So yeah, you, okay. then you don't want two <laughs> two humps then. Well, I don't know. You get more you, energy. You get, yeah, you you burn the calories. Oh, you have uh, more calories. Is there burn. a great debate in the in the? Uh, Aren't camels like? Eight feet tall, aren't they? Massive? They're they're big. They're yeah. big. Uh, they're big. Comments. I don't think I've ever seen it. No, I have, but it's been forever. I was like ten the last time I saw a camel in real life. Yeah. So the camel's hump is where 12, camel stores fat. Camels uses fat for energy. Uh, when and where food is hard to find. Uh, oh. People who buy and sell camels even use the size of the camel's hump to determine how healthy the camel is. The bigger the hump, the healthier the camel. A wedfell camel's hump won't droop or look deflated. So there you go. I'm right. going to give Want you a big full hump. I'm going to keep this going. Hump day facts uh, for of camels, and then we'll have actual camel football This is the talk. part of the podcast that everyone's going to be skipping ahead 30 Which seconds. Which is great. Uh, feel free. Uh, there are two types of camels, <laughs> one hump and two humped, as Tom talked about. Camels have three sets of eyelids. Really? And two Whoa. rows of eyelashes to keep sand out of their that, eyes. Nice. I knew the thing about the eyelashes. Camels have thick lips, which let them forage for... Thorny plants other animals can't eat. Can't they, uh, can't they like throw Camels? their stomachs out of yeah. their mouths? Yes, they can. They I'm can sorry, can, what? Can, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're like what? stomach comes out of their mouth. They have some weird thing that, yeah. Camels. So about, so about, uh, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, JJ. I want to keep going. Yeah. Camels can completely. Get done? to the thing about the stomachs. They can completely shut their nostrils during sandstorms. I can do that too. She's my hands. 
thanks to thick pads of skin <laughs> Thank you for laughing on their at that chest stupid and knees, joke. camels <laughs> could comfortably sit in very hot sand. I bet. Their humps let them store up to 80 pounds of fat, which they can live off for weeks and even months. You think they do well on the uh, show we just watched, JJ? Yeah, alone? Very much so. <laughs> what a show. Uh, when a camel finally does find water, he can drink up to 40 gallons in one go. Wow. wow. Yay, Jeffrey Esper. I've got nothing on that. Camels are very strong and can carry up to 900 pounds for 25 miles a day. Wow. They can travel up to 40 miles per hour. Whoa. Really? Underrated speed at the combine. Wow. Wow. Sneaky athletic. Don't make a camel angry. They can spit as a way to distract whatever they think is a threat. I didn't know that. Well, I knew they could spit. I didn't know that they would uh, like... Mother camels carried their calves up to 14 months before giving birth. Okay. Some calves are born completely white and turn brown as their adult c- coat comes in. Yeah, no comment. Um. There are over 160 <laughs> are words for camel in Arabic alone. Are we going to get the lifespan? Give me some facts. Well, so I just want to know how what percentage is fourteen months there because that's a year plus that we just get a free ride. So I just want to see, just want to see how long we. uh, How much of that mother camel's life is devoted to carrying a child? I I I need to shoot down the other myth. I shot down the water and the hump myth. So uh, contrary to popular belief, camels do not spit their stomach out to cool themselves. The organ that is usually mistaken for a stomach is called the dula. It's an inflatable sack hanging from their mouth, usually to attract females or to show dominance to other males during rutting season. So, now it's not the stomach that comes out of the mouth. It's the it's, dulla. Hey, hey, girl, watch this. <laughs> uh, camels live for about 40 hey girl, years, see my dulla? <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for this. 40 years is 40 how long. Years? Yeah. See, that's a percentage. We right have there. said way worse on this show. I know. We, like, oh, we literally had a whole segment about farts camel. one time. Look at this two hump Looks camel. Looks happy, though. Look at him. That's Looks a big boy. That's yeah. 40 miles that's a fuzzy, per hour? That's a fuzzy boy. It's hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> Guess what day it is? That's impressive. Is that an Aflac commercial? Oh. Is, I know no, it's, no, it's no, Geico. No, no, it's no, no. Geico. Yeah, it's Geico. It's Geico commercial. Yeah. No. Affleck would have featured the duck the all duck. the time. So. Yeah. They grow to a shoulder height of six feet, and then the neck continues upward. That's crazy. These are big creatures. Yeah, they're massive they things. Big boys. I mean, you've all seen the, the pictures of camels transporting stuff across the desert. Mm, yeah, so. pack animals. Yeah. You know, you can, uh, you know, not very far from here, you can go actually see a camel. Really? Wild animals safari. Well, uh, the wild animals safari, but I, I mean, even closer, um, where they do the uh, the Halloween attraction, uh, the Popes. Is it Popes on a farm? They yeah. have like a they have a petting. They have some animals that mm-hmm. they travel around and do petting stuff. From they have a big oh. camel. I remember the first, first time. I remember yeah. the first time after I moved here, I, I saw a wild animal sleep, safari. It's not commercial. Popes. It's Sleepy Hollow. There's Sleepy Hollow deal. I think that's one something. All right. Yeah. Camels are remarkable. Let's um, go Campbell. There's a segment uh, for you, of sports Dad, call. He was almost a camel. <laughs> yeah, there is a segment of sports call that has been. Cam- this has been concluded. Camel Talk. The first edition of something Hump Day, or we, I mean, or Camel 
What what is this gonna be? It's gonna be. A, I don't know. Are we gonna update the Campbell Campbell? What did you say at starting? first? The Hump Day update. That's what he said. Did the I say that? The Hump Day update. Okay, hump I like it. Update. On the Camel Campbells. On the Campbell Campbell Camels. Because we can't do the Presbyterian Blue Hose anymore. Right. So. I like it. There well, we, we go. We could, but we don't have any reason to. Time out here on Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Tom PV, Brant Daughtry, Ryan Lavoy, all inside our studios. Still to come, Wacky Wednesday in the final hour of our program. And if you want to call us, you are more than welcome to do so. 334-887-3401. Toll free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We do it each and every week. Let's take this opportunity to celebrate our Sports Call Player of the Week. Sports Call's Player of the Week. Braves third baseman Austin Riley is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Brought to you by Eric McDade State Farm. The MVP candidate posted a 435 batting average over six games, extending his month-long hot streak. Those six games included a walk-off double on Sunday and a home run. The Sunday match against the Diamondbacks also included his 26th extra base hit of the month, breaking a franchise record set by Hank Aaron in 19. 19- Austin Riley is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Our Sports Call Player of the Week is presented by Eric McDade State Farm. We just heard Brant Daughtry run through some of the numbers and the amazing week that Riley had, and uh, he is on an absolute tear. Pete Alonzo for the New York Mets is great. Austin Riley is spectacular as well. Those are some of the top names for the National League Most Valuable Player award race so austin riley for the third time in 2022 fourth time in his career is named the sports call player of the week a first time all-star but a four-time sports call player of the week award winner and that's and that's what's going to get you into the hall of fame <laughs> yeah any anytime you can have your name mentioned alongside hank aaron you've done something pretty special so it, austin riley's just been on fire this month yeah, excited to see him continue on. And, of course, big news with him signing the 10-year, $200 million-plus uh, extension for Atlanta and how they've locked up really their core of players for a long time now. Um, Austin has been uh, incredible the last 162 games. I think it was like a 40-something homer, 320, yeah. 330 batting mm-hmm. average. I mean, it was uh, incredible numbers. And this is all from a guy that was – Got off to a really hot start his first month or two in the bigs, and then the next few months were kind of iffy, and the first month or two of the next season were kind of iffy, and there was starting to be some concerns. Seemed like a hole in the swing, and uh, he has not looked back since then. And he's been he's been great, uh, as you mentioned, JJ with Alonzo. I think he and 
Uh, Riley and Alonzo are going to have a, a, a drawn-out MVP battle here down the stretch uh, with what those two guys have done. But Riley's last month or so is as is, is hot as you can get uh, with over 400 average and, and all the power, the, the extra, bases, extra base record that you guys mentioned. So uh, he's been incredible. Uh, he's carrying a Braves offense that has been pretty good but not absolutely electric. They obviously had a big night last night and then had a, a bad day today. Uh, for the most part, they've been pretty good, but Riley has really gotten it to take off, and now they're just waiting on a, a couple others to get going and a couple others to get healthy. But uh, Austin Riley certainly this this really the last – I don't know. I mean, the, the last year, really, uh, between this year and last year has been outstanding. And you want to see that continue. I mean, he got the big deal, as we talked about, and had that press conference today before the baseball game got started. A couple of the Braves' uh, teammates were there. Uh, or maybe that was yesterday that that happened. Whatever it was, Alex Anthopoulos saw Jesse Chavez at the press conference. So I guess it would have been before last night's game where they did a little big Q&A with Austin Riley about his new deal. And um, at that, Alex Anthopoulos had to tell Jesse Chavez, hey, buddy, uh, you've just been dealt. You're no longer allowed You're no longer longer a Braves player. But locked him up. I mean, 10 years, Austin Riley is going to be wearing that number 27 jersey, playing third base for your Atlanta Braves. Some of that that trade deadline stuff is crazy. uh, Was it the Red Sox player that was out there for batting practice? And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Go to that dugout. Go to that dugout. <laughs> yeah. You're now a Houston Astro. It's like Christian Vasquez. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And like all the the rumors surrounding William Contreras, and he's still a Cub. Right. He got pulled out of the lineup. Wilson. What like three or four days in a row? Like during games, he got pulled, and you know he's still with the team. Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras. Yeah. You're right. You're right. The older of the two. Yeah. The one with the Cubs. He and Ian Happ hugged it out a few days ago because yeah. they thought they'd played their last Cubs home game together and neither one got traded half of someone that was linked to the Braves briefly. Yeah. Uh, Contreras has been a one of the best hitting catchers for several years now. Um, so there was definitely merit to both those guys being involved in trade shocks and of course the Cubs are not very good and they don't have an obvious path to being good in the next year or two. So both those guys are not incredibly old. Contreras especially is not old but um, yeah, that's how it works, you know. I mean, the, the trade deadline is fascinating because there's always going to be some guys that were out of nowhere traded, uh, and there was certainly some of that. Like Josh Hader, for instance, the day before the deadline was absolutely out of nowhere to be traded off a team winning its division. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then there's always going to be guys that you expect to potentially get moved that, that sometimes just the price is never met for. I, I, I was kind of – I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but I kind of was that Juan Soto was trade, traded because sure. we had the flip side of that. Otani's name get kicked out there, and then the Angels decide a couple days for the deadline they're done fielding calls. They're not doing it. Right. Um, and with a player that big, I mean, again, I'd have to rack the brain and I have to go back and, and read on, on the all the big players trade that trade deadline. It's certainly been several of the years, but with someone this young and this great, to be traded it's a very rare circumstance i mean incredibly rare because yeah. soto right now is probably considered a top 10 player in the in the game sure. but in five years he might be or even three years he might be the best player in the game depending on how it all shakes out and to be this young 
and to get traded this early in a career, again, I just I would struggle to find another situation like that. We've seen big names pitchers. We've seen like Max Scherzer been traded at the deadline before, and and some guys that maybe are are thirty and kind of around the free agency age. But Nationals still had a couple more years of team control on Soto, so the Padres will probably ultimately not get to re-sign him. Right, but they get two and a half years out of him, which again he's already reached an incredible status in the league. Um, so it's it was in that regard a very big move by the Padres, but it felt too big to get done because that kind of thing just seems like it fizzles out more than it actually happens. Uh, and looking at the Braves in the, in that trade deadline, and I, I think this is one thing that uh, everybody kind of praises uh, Alex Anthopoulos on is the fact that there was not a guy that is no longer with the Braves that Braves fans really look at and were like, oh, man, I wish we'd have hung on to him that I saw. In fact, like a guy like Will Smith, yes, Will Smith was a hero in the World Series run, but he has not been good. And that's a guy that was kind of a mainstay dude for the Braves for the last couple of years, but he's one that you ship him off. I think most Braves fans are happily get rid of Will Smith. Uh, so I think things got, you know, as far as the Braves go, I, I haven't seen anybody just, you know, gnashing their teeth over the fact that the Braves – cut somebody loose that was a mainstay yeah no i I think we we talked about will smith a little bit yesterday and uh smith had a really good start to this year uh he had a high mid two era through the first couple months and then his last 10 or so outings have been really bad and he seemed to have lost and he's down to a low four era which is about where he is in his career with atlanta it's high threes low fours and they never really got the value out of him for that because they're paying him about $13 million a year. I think it was like a three-year, $40 million deal. And so you never really got that elite-level stuff from him. I think he was very serviceable for most of his Braves career. And as you mentioned, Tom, we mentioned on the show yesterday as well how important he was in last postseason because he sure. did throw really well in the postseason. And obviously he's always going to be a part of Braves history because he got the last out of the World Series. But – Nevertheless, there was always a level of disappointment to it. And even when he was closing games last year, because he, he had a lot of saves. I think he had like 37 or 38 saves last year. Even so, I mean, it was just an adventure half the time. He held it down to like a high three ERA, right. which is not awful. But, again, <clears throat> the, it, two to three runners on base every inning, it felt like. It was always, <laughs> always nerve-wracking. So, yeah, I, I think you're right, Tom. I think most people are, are fine to see him go. It was just interesting because you don't – again, I, I think you saw some things yesterday and the day before that you just don't normally see. Like you just don't normally see the first-place Brewers say goodbye to one of the top three closers in the game. Right. I know they got something out of it too, and they're still trying to win, but that's just kind of odd. And then from the Braves – like I like you just don't see a guy that is a pretty high leverage bullpen guy for you go to the team you just beat in the World Series and get another big league player from them. Like right. the Astros probably feel pretty good. They might have had a need for a left-handed bullpen guy. And so they probably I mean they they have every intention of Will Smith mattering or they wouldn't made the trade. They have the second best record in the American League. They're they're catching the Yankees. But at the same time, they trade a starter who 
was not one of their main three or four guys. He's probably like their fifth starter, but they've traded an actual starter that the Braves feel like they actually need. So it was a very unique circumstance to have two teams hyper-competitive trade for big league players and have no prospects as straight one-for-one big league player swap. For for what it is worth, Will Smith made his Astros debut today and gave up a home run to the second batter he faced. He's been struggling. Yeah, Yeah, timing. (laughs) Well, so now, so the so these new guys with the Braves, uh, we've talked extensively before about last year with the trade deadline and how important those players were to the Braves' run to the World Series. Uh, Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, I mean, those guys were incredible. Uh, just trying to look at this, I mean, is Robbie Grossman going to be that type of guy that can push the Braves to the next level, or is this one kind of going to be a quiet trade deadline for the Braves? And I mean, quiet by like immediate impact of like put you to a whole different level type team like we saw last year. I, I don't know that I see that with the deals that were made this year. I think the success of the deadline will hinder more in the pitchers than right. the batters this year. I think last year it was obvious uh, about the batters. I mean, they made a couple of those pitchers. People forget that Richard Rodriguez was a well-thought-of well relief pitcher that the Braves acquired from Pittsburgh that ended up not even making the World Series roster because right. he had kind of struggled. Uh, as a Brave, but he had been the Pirates' closer for a couple of years, and initially the Braves were really excited to get him. I completely forgot um, about him. That's how like um, how bad that was. And, and like, so, but I think the inverse of that this year is I think you know the Braves acquired two of each. They acquired Ehire Andrianza, who's going to be a utility guy just like it was last year. Right. So he'll probably start count them on one hand once Rob uh, once Ozzy Albies returns, uh, and then Robbie Grossman who got a pinch hit double today. Great start. Um, but realistically is not playing against right-handed hitters. He's probably only going to hit against lefties, and that is not necessarily going to be every single time there's a lefty, just some of the times. Um, But the pitchers that Atlanta acquired, so Rossell Iglesias is struggling a little bit this year. He actually has a very similar earned run average to Will Smith. His his, his is in the low fours uh, this year. I, I don't have them in front of me, but they're within a couple tenths of each other. Iglesias, though, in his career has had a handful of seasons with sub-3 ERA, and he has been the Angels' closer for several years now. So the thought there is he might end up being the closer next year if Jansen does not resign. But this year he will be a high-leverage 7th or 8th inning guy. Um, So he's a high-impact bullpen arm. And then Jake Odorizzi is a guy that's always been pretty reliable, like a number 4 type of starter. And he might factor in down the stretch. He's, he's going to pitch against the Mets. It's going to be a big game, a uh, big doubleheader this weekend. But he might factor in the fact that he has pitched in the postseason before with Tampa Bay and others. And he is a very veteran guy, kind of more along the lines of Charlie Morton. Not the same stuff, not the same repertoire, not saying that. But a, a more veteran pitcher that maybe, you know, if Ian Anderson continues to struggle, maybe Ian Anderson is a is like a weirdly, you know, non, non-de facto issue at the end of the season where he's not in the starting rotation or he gets sent down or he's bullpen or whatever. So Odorizzi could end up working his way in the rotation, becoming a nice surpriser. So just the, this year is probably going to matter more what Odorizzi and what Rossell Iglesias do than what Grossman and Adrianza do. We need to take a timeout because we've reached the end of the hour. There's a rundown of things that happen at the trade deadline for your 2021 World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Again, our sports call player of the week is Austin Riley presented by Eric McDade State Farm. 
alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan LaVoy. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, Ryan LaVoy, our buddy Brooks Childress is here with us for the final hour. Hey. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Good to hear from you. As we get going on this Wednesday, uh, did you hear our idea for Wednesdays of the Future? No. What was it? Last year we did Kevin Kelly updates. Do you remember those? Yeah. Presbyterian. Blue yes. He was fired. Yeah, I remember that. No longer the head coach. This year, we are going to have hump day updates. Uh-huh. For Campbell Camels football. Is there a significance for it, or is it just because it's the Camels? It's the Camels. It's and the it's Camels, hump and it's hump day. Do you see the news that broke today about Campbell? Uh, joining the CAA? Yeah. Yeah, we discussed that Look a little that. bit. Yeah. So that's might, how I'm it all comes together. I'm here for it. All we, right. fi- we figured you'd be a fan of that. We knew you would be. I'm a big fan of Campbell football. We also, what did we say? We wanted to like wing back Wednesday. We were going to keep yeah, track of I like brought, all triple option stats. Yeah, I just was a triple option player of the week. I was spitballing and I was thinking Brooks would like all of this because I did wing back Wednesday where we're just like, here's a service academy. Here's a guy that got like six carries but had 150 yards. And then it morphed into somehow i think brant said the word campbell and then i i had seen the caa news and then i'd also seen their top hundred in recruiting this year because they got a four-star player and so they're beating like 30 something fbs programs four-star and so i was just camels. like let's just talk about the camels every wednesday did you i don't know if y'all saw this on twitter today you brought up wing back wednesday that there was a list of uh, teams that are like they're projecting are going to be favored in every single one of their games, and it was like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Air Force was one of the teams in there. Oh, wow. I'm Way all for to go. it. I'm, let, I'm all for it. I kind of like uh, Brant said the triple option player of the week. I mean, we we might need to start you, doing those things. I, you tell me, look, Colorado State's not going to have a shot at Air Force. I love the wing T. I love the option. Uh, triple option football is my darling. When it is run well, there is no more fun brand of football to watch. All right, here I'm we serious. are on this. If it's Wednesday. successful, it's so good. And what we need to do right now is our daily show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of sports call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. 
It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Our Daily Show Recap here to open up the 5 <laughs> o'clock hour. What has happened on Sports Call today? Man, we've discussed a lot. Uh, camels. Can't, we, we had a long discussion. <laughs> what of, noise do camels make? I was about to... No. JJ, ah! don't... No, uh, I knew he... Yeah. That, that, that yeah. sounded like a... Googling it. Pterodactyl or something. It's more like a rumbling <laughs> grunt, I think. But uh, now we've talked uh, talked about a lot of different things, but uh, we had Cole Pinkston on, so we talked a lot about Auburn uh, football recruiting. Um, we had a long discussion about the Braves and the trade deadline. Uh, we did have a long discussion about camels and why they have humps and what they have in their humps and the fact that their stomachs do not come out of their mouth. It's their dulla. Right. Did you know, Brooks, that it was fat in the in the humps and not water? I figured it wasn't water, this is but the I didn't coolest know what sound ever. Listen to this. Uh-oh. It sounds like my stomach when I'm hungry. Yeah, that's, that's the sound camels make. That's awesome. That's interesting. That's wild. That's like right before their dulla comes out of their mouth. Uh, definitely not that. <laughs> JJ, that sounds like a like a cat, like a pissed off cat. Yeah, exactly. You just got its its tail <laughs> stepped. Or I, I wasn't even gonna say angry cat. It just sounds like <laughs> a. Yeah. What family is a camel in? You know, are they related Dromedary. to uh, canine. two cats of any kind? <laughs> it's a mammal. It's a dromedary. I, I would think that it, means. I wonder if it's in like the same family as like cows. Like, yeah, is it probably. like bovine or something yeah. like that? I wouldn't say like quite bovine, but like something like that. Are you guys uh, saying is, English at this point? It, it uh, no Latin. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, he's telling it is the truth. in the I genus know. Camelus. They are considered livestock, like you know, like a cow, like a cow, but it. Uh, uh, animalia, cordata, mammalia. Yeah, so cordata. I don't. I don't. Is the phylum that they're in, which would be like bovine. No, that's a pirate, isn't it? Is it cordata? I don't know. All right, let's move on. Uh, it's Wacky Wednesday. Let's get wacky. <laughs> let's get wacky, please. Let's do it. Um, what do we have do up for Wacky Wednesday here, Brooks? Um, I've scoured the universe, and by scoured the universe, I mean I went to several Walgreens in the Auburn Opelika area. Shout out to uh, Walgreens Store 2015 over in Opelika. The ladies over there hooked us up with our Wacky Wednesday. A couple of months ago, I don't know if the listeners remember, I'm sure you guys remember, we did the try the um, jelly beans the that were well, the, the taco truck. Taco truck. The jelly. late night taco truck jelly beans. Well, the same company, I don't know if it's, it's Bratches, Brocks, 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 I can never get it right. Uh, Brocks has come out with a candy corn flavors, five different candy corn flavors. I'm so terrified. And it is, we're starting fall football camp here in just a couple days, and these are tailgate flavored candy corns. <laughs> oh, Lord. Tailgate flavored candy corns. We've got, I had to reach back and get my guide because we've got such flavors as vanilla ice cream sounds good fruit punch Mm -hmm. sounds really good popcorn sounds really good hot dog lost me yep lost me on the hot dog candy corn and hamburger lost me again so there are no like can we do hot dog and then hamburger just get those out of the way no you got to do that last (laughs) all right well i figured that was where this was headed so that is what we've got here we've got brock's tailgate candy corn 
exclusively found at Walgreens, not a sponsor, but you know, if you'd like to go ahead, give do us a it, call. Yeah. Um, Ryan, tell me what's we'll going through your head right now. We'll let you know how good right they are. Now. Well, okay, what's going through my head was <laughs> it could have been far worse. Right. I like hot dogs. I like hamburgers. It's a, probably a weird concept for something sweet like candy corn. But, like, I was worried because Tom has talked about this before, and this is the day I walk out of here and quit the show, is <laughs> these weird flavors that – you know, or like tastes like sewage, sewage, like or, the bean, the bean boozled. Yeah, exactly. Challenge. Yeah, that's that, like earwax or snot or stuff. That's, I was yeah. worried it was going to be that, and I was like, no. Um, and also, my thought is, it's been a really long time since I've had candy corn. I don't even remember how much I like it. I don't oh. even know. I See, don't, I, 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 I love, candy I love candy corn. I, I will murder some it's candy. Corn. Very controversial take because a lot of people list it as like the worst Halloween candy. Yeah. I, I absolutely love That's candy. That's a trash you, opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Do you uh, do you guys eat the pumpkins as well? Do you, like the candy yeah. pumpkins that I, they make out of those? I do. Yeah, autumn mix is the only way to go. Yeah, Auto, autumn mix is yeah. very good. Yeah. But if you can get the pumpkins by themselves, I will crush that. See, I'm, I I differ. I, I just like the regular candy corn really? in the autumn mix. Now, I'll eat the pumpkins, but I know, it's almost a little bit too much. Mm, fair enough. I uh, Have you guys ever tried the pumpkin spice candy corn? I've seen that one time. I had it one time, and it was so good, and I haven't been able to find it since. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. I'm nervous. I, I'm awesome. I'm be. very nervous. Right, I'm a so, little nervous. So we're going to start out. A little ASMR. In the, so you've got, everybody's got a cup with five of them, and they're all five flavors. So you're going to grab the candy corn that's got the tan bottom and the white top. Which one's the bottom? Which one's the top? The Say fat end and skinny end. The fat end is going to be tan, like tan. The top is going to be white. You said top again. Am I the the pointy end? No, I don't think you've got the right one. The fat end is going to be, be tan. It should be darker. The, I got it. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. The skinny yeah. end. That one. Yeah. Yeah. This this boy. This one. Yeah. This the only boy. other one is white with a yellow bottom, but this is the tan bottom. Hold on. Look at Tom's and make sure. Hold yours up next to Tom's. JJ's got it. Yeah, that looks right. Yeah, that's, you got the right. No, I, I think Tom has the wrong one. No, I got what the right mean? one. It is kind of difficult for those that think we're just really stupid. Like, it's very <laughs> well, it, for those it, who think we're really stupid, we are. But also, this is kind of tough. So, yeah, it's orange versus yellow. Yeah, so he's it's right. Tom's right. It's white versus yellow as well on the Thanks skinny end. JJ. Okay, so what is this? So this one is going. We're going to start you off easy. This one is supposed to be the vanilla ice cream one. This was the one I was looking forward to the most. Oh wow! All so right. this one's supposed to be vanilla ice cream. This is going to be my chaser in case I hated any of the others. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are we going? We're going. Tastes like kind of regular mm. candy corn to me. Yeah. I'm yeah. off to a good start. Yeah, it, it tastes corn. like regular candy corn. Okay, if that tastes like regular candy corn, that stuff is good. I will not hear <laughs> slander. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good right there. Brooks hit me with a few, few more of those. I, I definitely yeah, amen. if you want more. I definitely don't get vanilla ice cream out of that. That just, that yeah. just tastes like candy corn. Oh, yeah. Okay, again, I'm I don't remember get... what candy corn tastes like. That did taste like vanilla I, ice cream I, to me. I, I'm starting did to really? get a vanilla yeah. ice oh, yeah. cream taste. I, can, oh did you, I, didn't, I didn't get vanilla out of that. I can, kind of see, I can kind of see. It just tastes like. I taste a lot of vanilla. <laughs> that kind of, that's kind of what candy corn tastes like, though. I don't I don't like when you do that. <laughs> that tastes, that's good. Hit, that's hit vanilla JJ ice cream. more of the good stuff later, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I sound like Mark Hamill. is It's all downhill from here. And next. 
Yeah. All right. So I assume we're going fruit punch next because that's the other one that seems really good. So I'm guessing that's the benchmark of what we have to beat. Now, do we want to go straight to the meats or do we want to keep going with some of the fun <laughs> stuff? Just go bring bring on the meats. All right. So we have the meats. We got a good one. So now we're going to a Tortons. questionable one. Find the one in, that is pink with the tan bottom. All right. Pink. Pink. Uh, I'm going to assume point. this is a hot dog. This is I, going to be a hot dog. Fat, fat end is tan. Long, uh, pointy end is. I'm holding pink. up the one that. This is what it should yes. look like. Okay, right. got it. And this Approved. is supposed to be hot dog. It's supposed to be a hot dog. So Ugh. the pink on top is supposed to be the hot dog, and the bottom is supposed to be the bun. Dog. The tan on bottom is supposed to be the bun. Uh, I'm nervous about this one. Oh, Here we go. Cheers. I'm ready. Here I'm ready. Hot dog it up, baby. I love hot dogs. Oh, that's terrible. It's not terrible, but I do taste like. Ugh. Like the the cheap sausage in there. Oh, oh, oh it's getting worse. Yeah, that's it's not getting good. worse. Oh, I don't like this. So that I'm I personally not awful, am fascinated. God, oh, is it good? In my opinion, not really. I I don't hate it as much as these guys do. Oh. Tom's like gonna guzzle liquids here. It's so bad for him. I'm just impressed Oof, because it does. I tasted so much hot dog bun at first. <laughs> When I, like I felt See, I, I was didn't eating. taste any bun. I really? just tasted all all dog. I oh. <laughs> tasted all dog. All I got was the glizzy, man. Like <laughs> no context. I tasted all dog. No. Um, so I tasted a lot of bun, and then towards the end, that's when I tasted more of the of the hot of the actual you know yeah. wiener part of it. And I really am just impressed with how much it tasted like a hot dog. Like. I'm not saying that was a great thing because there's certain things that you don't want to take. Like, you know, I don't need a. Chip I don't to want taste my like candy pizza. corn. Like, no. yeah, like yeah, yeah. some people try and do that, but like it's it's a no for me, dog. Um, no pun intended here. Hey, but but uh, shout out to Randy I Jackson. D- I didn't hate it. Like like a couple people in the room did. But it, in my opinion, I tasted a lot of hot dog. But Brooks is smart. I got, I got some hot dog. Yeah, that say, was we, good. What the, do you think, Brooks? The per, well, we need to hear from the person that loves hot dogs the most in this. Oh room. yeah. How was oh, your yeah. experience? I, I had a good experience. All right. I, I wouldn't want to eat a lot of those. I yeah. would rather just eat yeah. the hot dog. There's like that, a bitter. <clears throat> I don't know. It's like a weird bitter. I did side not get bitter. That. Really. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I tasted just dog. So you said, Brooks, that. You know, half of it's supposed to taste one way, the other half. I wonder if why we all tasted different experiences is just purely what part of it we bit into first. Yeah, that's possible. And that overpowers the rest of it. And so maybe. Maybe you'd have to eat three or four to really get all the different. Let's talk about that. Throw me throw me another one of them hot dog ones. Yeah. Did you? (laughs) It's the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth, and I got experience a second time. Did you take a bite? Or did you just put the whole thing put in? Put the whole thing in. Yeah, yeah I also put the whole thing in. Do I that. Did. I don't don't that's take what, a little bite. That's what I'm about well, to do. I want to taste one. bun and so then taste remember what glizzy. part you bit into first though? Well, I I only tasted dog, so I, right. I as as we've established now. I'm just gonna bite I've the only tasted pink part of this. Okay, yeah, see yeah. what So the pink part, part is first. glizzy and brown part is bun. Oh, you want me to do it again, Brooks? I didn't know who was doing what. I'll do it. So I just watched you guys. Y'all both went into pink first, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Brain just having an adverse reaction. And pink is supposed to be the bun part, correct? Or is it supposed I thought to be? that would be the hot dog part. No, the pink's supposed to be the hot dog. Yeah, okay. hot dogs are pink. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't get anything that time. That tasted like regular candy corn again. Oh. 
This is such terrible radio. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This That's weird. Smacking and chewing. That's such a weird... Like, it's not regular candy corn, but it doesn't taste enough yeah. like anything else. If you didn't um, tell me this was hot dog, so I would not guess I, hot dog. I would dog. have never known what that Here's is. Here's what I'll say. Mm. The taste of hot dog flavor is not very strong No, with that pink area. But again, I... I I'm 100% confident that that bottom part that's supposed to take like hot dog bun to me tastes like hot dog bun 100%. Mm. So I don't know why. I got a, I got a lot more of the buns, the weenie in in my first one than I did in my the, second one. It's like a eating the individual colors. I don't get that flavor, but when you do it at the same time, that's where it's kind of like overwhelming flavor. So I think you almost have to eat it together. So yeah. I think consensus is it's not terrible, but it's not something we'd eat all the I time. Definitely yeah, I would rather just have regular candy corn. So the vanilla is still on top. Vani- uh, yeah. 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 Well, because it tastes a no lot. No question. Candy yeah. corn. Yeah, all right. Sure. So the next one, we're going to go in and we're going to get the, the one that's kind of a dark red or a red to dark pink and then light pink on the bottom. Got you. All right. And Stop saying is, top and bottom. These I'm don't sorry. have a top and bottom. These have a fat end and a skinny end. All right. So this is, gonna is this fruit, a hamburger? No. This is fruit this, punch. This is going to be fruit punch. Uh. So we're going to go into fruit punch, which could get weird with this consistency. Yeah. I'm going to be ready. All right. So I, I, I like fruit flavored things, in. so I'm looking forward to this. All right. Ooh. That's good. That's really good. That's very, very good. I yeah. Uh, that's better than the uh, vanilla ice cream to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. That one's good. I like it. I disagree with that, though. I still like the vanilla really? better. Yeah. It cool. definitely tastes like fruit punch. They know what yeah. they're but, doing, okay, man. They are me, good. They yeah, are okay. talented. They, they nailed this one. Let me ask one. this question. Yeah. I'm going to just be a moderator for everyone in the room. Do you like vanilla-flavored items in general better, or mm. do you like fruit punch items in general better like do you prefer fruit fruit punch drinks to say like vanilla flavored I, sodas or? i don't that's want so interesting fruit, i like, don't i don't want fruit fruit punch i don't want fruit punch flavored pudding well that, that's that's that's, that's <laughs> i understand where he's coming I from because like vanilla pudding. when i when i eat but i like, don't want vanilla drink i, I want Fruit punch. The, the two the two flavors don't ever cross over. Things that I eat that have a fruit punch flavor never have a vanilla flavor, and things that I eat that have a vanilla flavor never have a fruit punch flavor. So it's I, tough to compare. Really, I will say it's good, but I'm I think I'm in the camp too where the vanilla is better just because of the m- consistency of what a candy corn is. It lends itself more to the vanilla flavor than that. the fruit flavoring. Mr. Jackson, I like that's a though. good breakdown. I thought it was absolutely terrific. I I am all yeah. for the fruit punch. Consensus solid eight and a half out of ten for me on the fruit punch. I'd say. That was good. That was really good. And Maybe a nine. Again, I could be I could be talked into nine. Clearly tastes like fruit punch too. Yes, I, absolutely. Yes. All right. So do I get to go to the um, hamburger now? No, we're gonna oh. save the hamburger for last. Well, I feel oh, like boy. you've had the hamburger and you know it's bad. No, I have not tried any of these. This is the first time I'm okay. trying them with y'all. So what's the, ne- the, the next white one? The next one is the white one that's kind of beige at the yeah. at the big end. This looks like popcorn. And it is. this is supposed to be the popcorn yeah. one. Yeah. It's the white oh, one. Oh, popcorn. Now, I don't, if you're I'm a, popcorn not having candy a corn. good time. If you're a Jelly Belly connoisseur, yeah. they do have buttered popcorn <clears throat> jelly beans, it, which are phenomenal. Yes. Oh, are they? I'm not oh, really gosh, smelling yeah. anything. None of them have a smell of it at all. I can't smell. Why am I They smelling? just smell like sugar. All right. So this is just pop- popcorn. It, it is. It doesn't popcorn. say candy popcorn. Candy corn. Cheers. Mm. Wow. Hmm. 
That's definitely butter. I taste the butter for sure. Butter, Go ahead yeah. and give me another one, bro. That, I wanna, that is I popcorn. I want to the end I bit into because I paid attention mm. that time. That that uh, that is if some, in my opinion, ooh, just from the what I tasted, now. someone just poured butter on popcorn, like yeah. poured it. Yeah, because it's a I want, It's really. Tangy. I want like three or four in my mouth at once to see like oh. if it's stronger. That's phenomenal. It's got it's, it's got more. Good. They it's, are so um, talented. It's weird. But it's, I, well, I'll, I'll say I that, don't hate it. I'll but say I don't love this. it either. The the buttered popcorn Jelly Bellies that is popcorn flavored, knocked out of the park. This mm-hmm. was good, but not to that level. Just really tangy, like you said. It's like it's got way too much butter. It's on a, it. it's again the consistency thing of just candy corn. I think it does something to the flavor. See, I love the consistency of candy corn. So I like I don't I don't know. Um, what is your breakdown? Wh- it tastes like popcorn. Yeah. It, it just tastes like incredibly buttery popcorn. Right. Like, like you have you have done all the kinds of butter that potentially go on popcorn and put them onto the popcorn. So it's good. I think I prefer and the guy. The other guys like fruit punch number one anyway. I think I'd still keep it behind fruit punch as number three out of four now oh, yeah. but it's still in the light column like it's not closer to four than it is two yeah, yeah. it's closer to two my, it's, my, it's thing, good. my thing is a lot tangier than i expected because of that whole butter aspect of it, it had, mm. i was expecting it to be more more along the lines of a jelly belly jelly bean which is i mean you taste that that is popcorn all day long this had a little bit more tanginess to it it's like you stuck your face under the melted butter dispenser at the movie theater yeah like that's exactly yeah. what and i'm put, tasting what well, that and put one piece of popcorn in your yeah. mouth yes you don't eat popcorn with butter on it you eat but- butter, butter with some popcorn with a piece of popcorn <laughs> yes that was fun jj right. really liked it oh well, we, we and now i get a hamburger and now the final one i don't have to tell you the flavor or the uh which one to grab because it's the last one but it is an orange point with a red bottom is the hamburger Confirmed. I think the, I think the the orange from what I read online, the orange is supposed to be the bun this time, and then the the pink on the bottom is supposed to be the the hamburger. <laughs> Rain is not excited. I am not. All right, here we go. Mmm. Mmm. I got beef right off the bat. Yeah. Me, yeah. I'm very beefy. Beefy burger boy. All right, so I had a hamburger at lunch from Baumhauer's today. <laughs> um, I prefer that to this, uh, for the record. Um, but I feel well versed in what a burger tastes like because I had it four hours ago, five hours ago. Um, that one to me, let me let me just go ahead and give me another one. I'm I, the, the point. The moral of the story: none of these, none of these have been like awful. I know yeah. some the hot dogs were not the best. But the fact I'm willing to put a second one and try yeah. a second mm-hmm. one means obviously it's not the wretched. Yeah, none of, none of these are awful, but only, the only one that really blows it out of the park for me is the fruit punch. Yeah. It's like, you remember when we did the, the taco truck jelly beans? No, but like there was a couple that you we were like, do not give me any more of those. Well. And these are like, I could eat another one, but it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, the, beef the, taco was not popular with the public. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the only thing that I can say though. I could get the I got the flavor of hamburger there, but not like big time because one of the things that it's hard. These things are sweet. They, these are these are not non-sugared confections. I mean, these are very very sweet sugary. So when you're mixing that really sweet sugary stuff with what's supposed to be the flavor of hamburger, 
it's kind of hard to get that because you just don't imagine eating a hamburger dipped in sugar. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get. Me, the, it's hard to separate the flavors because it's very, very sweet. But then it kind of tastes like a hamburger. So it's weird. I'm about to eat one of each at all at the same time. Splitting hairs while he does that. Splitting hairs. I felt the hot dog tasted a little more hot doggy to me because I tasted the bun so yeah. much. Like I didn't really taste the bun on this hamburger. I just kind of like a very doled out ground beef type of taste, but. I'm still overall very impressed that it all tasted pretty much what it was going sure. for. Yeah, uh, my when it all mixes together, it tastes very much just like candy corn. I'd go, I'd go vanilla ice cream, fruit punch. Um, what was the popcorn? I'll go, I'll go burger four and hot dog five. Yeah, I can respect that. Put fruit punch at the top and vanilla at second, but my list is exactly the same. Other than that, that was fun. What do you think? Bro? A fun project. I'm fine. Like, it was great. Anytime I can eat something and get paid to do it. <laughs> right. Um, this is content, baby. I will say, I walked into uh, the Walgreens over in Opelika. I'm again, shout out to Walgreens number 2015. Ladies over there hooking us up. Um, and I grabbed the bag, and the, the lady looked at me and said, you're not going to do this to yourself, are you? <laughs> and I said, well, kind of, but I'm taking other people with me. Yeah. That's a good response. Yeah. Because it's like a tailgate. You don't tailgate by yourself. That's if right. you do, you know, and I'm not going to say did anything. Did she indicate that I there are people that actually. Of, did she indicate that there's actually something. people that buy these things? Yeah, she said there's a. Uh, the, the, when I got there, there were only. she. I had called ahead and said, hey, do you have these here? Because I went to another Walgreens and they didn't have them. And. She said, "Yeah, we just got them in, and we've got it. we just put them out." But when I walked in, this was only one of two bags. So unless they got a very limited shipment, huh. uh, that they had already sold a few. I would love to know what the numbers on these things are. Like, how how and, good are they doing? And I'll tell you what: if they bring them back this year, she was telling me at the register, and I I remember seeing them. And we'll have to do it for another Wacky Wednesday when we get closer to it. They did a uh, candy corn, a Thanksgiving candy corn. Mm. The same company did. Oh, oh they're going like a turkey. Yeah, it was turkey, turkey gravy, <laughs> green bean casserole. I think. Oh, oh. oh no! Stuffing, stuffing, macaroni and cheese. I love Got green bean casserole. Oh. Golly, I love that. As out as I can be, I'll eat it for content, but. But, um, yeah, so she said they may get those back this year. They haven't heard yet from corporate if they're going to get those back. So be on the lookout. That could be coming up in the next few months. Let's do some trivia. About on. candy corn? Let's keep Wacky Wednesday moving along. All right. And let's do some <laughs> trivia here for just random things, okay? Okay. Tom, you're going to answer the first question. Okay. Brant is going to answer... The second question. Number two. Brooks and then Ryan will work our way down the line, okay? In order. Do you get to answer a question or are you just the ask? I'm looking just at the, the answer. answer. I'm looking at the answers. Tom. Yes. Here's your trivia question today. Okay. We've spent a lot of time talking about our friends at Walgreens. Sure. Where was the first Walgreens? The first Walgreens? Yes. Goodness. Uh I mean, I know where it. Oh, no, that. Wait, no, that wasn't a Walgreens. Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> that would be. Thank you for that guess. <laughs> no, Chicago. How about it? Just a fun fact for people. First okay. Walgreens Bears. was in Chicago. 
I was going to be a smart aleck because the Washington Nationals look like they have the Walgreens W as right. logo. Right. So, oh, Washington. Chicago. Or Montreal. Brant. Hello. Where was the first CVS? Brooks, you got Rite Aid and I don't know that guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first CVS. Yes. I'm going to say was in New York, New York. Great guess. You're in the right area of the country. Am I? You're looking for Lowell, Massachusetts. Okay. Wow. The Boston so north, area. northeast. So Walgreens the in New Chicago, England-ish CVS area. in Lowell, Massachusetts. Esque. Brooks. Yes. Where was the first Dollar Tree? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know where the first Zaxby's was. Slap out Alabama. <laughs> Dollar Tree. Um. Op. See, none of these aren't fair questions, but this is fun. This I'm is educational. Say, is this fun? This I'm, is educational. Okay. I'm going to say Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Not quite. Yeah. Sumter, South Carolina. Interesting. <laughs> Very close. Very <laughs> First close. First Dollar Tree. You mean to tell me that a store that prides itself on being cheap did not lead that area to become a booming metropolis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Ryan. JJ. Are you ready for your question? Yes. Where was the first Walmart? Come on. Do I know the city in Arkansas? It's obviously Arkansas. Oh, is it? Arkansas is correct. Bentonville or it's like Bentonville. I was gonna I was gonna say Fayetteville because it's the only city in Arkansas that I know. It's like it's Bentonville. Benton or Bentonville. Bentonville, or, Arkansas, yeah, I think is what it is. That is a city. Uh, uh, that is incorrect. Rogers, not, Arkansas. Oh, Rogers. Oh, boo. Was the first Walmart. Did Snake from Pulaski County know that? <laughs> you were right about Arkansas, though. You're the well, first every, guy to get the question right. Well, I'll, I'll, Dude, everybody knows where Walmart is from. Everyone knows the Walton family. <laughs> I'll tell you. Know. Nobody knows the, the I don't the CVS family. Ryan, uh-huh. you're going to start our next round. Okay, all right. Ryan. Yeah. Snake draft. Would you say out of those, the first four questions, you had the easiest one? Yeah. That's going to change right now. Okay, good. Where was the first Dunkin' Donuts? America runs on Dunk- Dunkin'. Um, this one feels doable. It's got to be Northeast, um, I think. Um, yeah. it, it's got to be in Massachusetts. It, it's definitely in Massachusetts. I was. Uh, I mean, do I go as big as Boston? Surely it's not like actual Boston. Um I kind of thought New Jersey, too, though. It's know. Massachusetts. Okay. Well, Tom is very confident in Massachusetts. So I'm just going to guess. I'll give you Boston. Quincy, Massachusetts. Quincy. Yeah. Okay. Which is 20 minutes outside of Boston. Okay. I, uh, Quincy, I had Massachusetts a friend, was the first Dunkin' Donuts. I had a friend in high school who was from Boston, and she loved Dunkin' Donuts. Here, th- so I remember this vividly. When I was in Boston, uh, a free day in Boston, 1994, like walking around, there, there. You literally cannot turn around and not see a Dunkin' Donuts. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. There is a Dunkin' Donuts everywhere in downtown Boston. Can't confirm. It's just a shame that they're second fiddle to Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was gonna say, do you prefer Dunkin' or Krispy Kreme? No, one thousand percent Krispy Kreme. Unless I'm getting iced coffee. Yeah. Brooks, I'm with you. Where's the first Krispy Kreme? Uh, is it Winston Salem, North Carolina? Yes, indeed. Boom. How about that? Hey. My home state. All right. I know it. You're loyal to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I am a Krispy Kreme Rewards member. And Shout I'm not out to the home tell state. You, I will not disclose how many free dungeons I've gotten. Brant. Hello. Where was the first Home Depot? I feel like this is something I should know, and I don't. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh, was it Georgia? Was it in Georgia? I should know this. I don't know. I don't know. Go with your gut. I, I just Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. I don't know. Not Columbus. I know it's not Columbus, but Marietta officially. Marietta. Ah. Okay. The first Home Depot was in Marietta. Yeah, doesn't Arthur Blank own the own Home Depot or something? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Or he owns like a majority share. Things. Yeah. No, he started Home Depot, didn't he? Uh, Mr. Peavy. Yes. Where was the first Lowe's? Next to a Home Depot. I have a. <laughs> <laughs> it's I in have North. A guess. Car- it's yeah. North Carolina. It's like winter. Can I fill the guess if he's wrong? Isn't it North Carolina? It winter? is in North Carolina. It's winter. It's winter. Bur- is it winter borough? Winter. Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro. Carolina. Oh, North Wilkesboro, the city North is Carolina? called North Wilkesboro, oh. North Wilkesboro. Carolina. I had I was Winterboro, but Wilkesboro. But Wilkesboro is a North Wilkesboro, funny mentioned. Um, that was a pretty famous racetrack that NASCAR yeah. went to for a long time. They actually had uh, some late model racing there last night for the first time in a long time. JJ, I'm going to throw one your way. Well, I'm not finished. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Yeah. Go ahead. Where was the first McDonald's? The movie's great. Ray Crockett. Wasn't it in California? No. So, uh, okay, now there is a... Are, ooh, are you talking about the first one that they franchised or the first one that technically existed? I think it was California The somewhere. first McDonald's. Okay. The actual yeah, first it's in one. California. I don't know McDowell's, what city in California. Brooklyn, New York. Coming to America, anybody? No? Okay. California is correct. McDowell's. The restaurant was called McDowell's. What part of... Oh, was it SoCal? Was it in SoCal? Yeah, I don't know, Tom. I, I'm, I just I don't know. remembered I California, remember San Bernardino, California. Oh yeah, I kept thinking El Segundo. No. San Bernardino, Richard and Maurice McDonald opened the first McDonald's, uh, North East Street at yeah San Bernardino, California. So Next round, go. Brooks. Wow. Okay. Or is it Tom's turn? Well, were we doing snake and draft? Yeah, it would well, be, no, Tom. It would be Tom. It would be Tom. Because oh, Tom it? asked you a question, you did not ask Tom a question. Okay, I asked Tom a question. Well, I mean, You're I, got, I, got the low, got the I had the Lowe's question. But if we're, turn, we're doing what was said. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he did yeah. have the Lowe's question. So then it'd be Tom's question again. Tom, Ooh. where was the first Sam's Club? First Sam's Club? I, I'm, I'm where gonna did go, Sam originate? Oh, I'm going to go Arkansas again. I mean, it's, it's a subsidiary of Walmart and Sam Walton and also... Uh, I'm not going to say Rogers, Arkansas. I will say Little Rock, Arkansas. You know, you're in the right train of thought. I forgot about Little Rock. Kind of in that area. Uh, but Midwest City, Oklahoma oh. is the site Mid- for the first Midwest Sam's City. Who the Sam's hell would have ever known that? I mean, the smartest of the smart people might know that. <laughs> is it, they're not here. <laughs> we lack that. Uh, Brent. Hello. Where was the first Dick's Sporting Goods? Ah. Uh. Was this also northeast? It was. Was this a northeast area? Was it in Maine? Not quite. No. No. New Jersey, isn't it? No. No. Binghamton, New York. New York. Oh, New York. Binghamton. Binghamton, New York. Brooks. Binghamton. Go Bearcats. Where was the first Academy Sports? See, Academy does a lot with the SEC, so I'm, I'm thinking it may be southeast. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, headquarters are in Texas. Okay. 
I don't know if that's where the first was. So you're going to say Nashville. Yeah. Gonna and you're going to say Texas. Say. Well, I know the headquarters right now are in Texas. I don't know that that's where the first was, but Does anybody else want to field the a The headquarters guess? are no, in Texas. I don't. Dallas. San Antonio mm. was the first academy sports Go and Spurs. outdoors. Ryan LaVoy. Yep. Are you ready for your it's going turn? great for everybody. Yeah. Um, you're doing well. Yeah. Walmart and Dunkin' Donuts so far? Yeah, okay. Walmart, anyone could have gotten, but Dunkin' was fine. Yeah. Where was the first Target? Target. Um, I, okay, again, like, I feel pretty good that it's Minnesota. <sighs> Does that mean Minneapolis, St. Paul, insert little city that we don't know of? I don't know. Minneapolis. The very first Target. Was in Minneapolis proper, Minnesota. Look at well that. done, oh. Minneapolis proper. Look yeah. at right. you! Uh, what a liar! Now it was in the St. Paul suburb of Roseville, Minnesota. Look at that! That's just great stuff by us. I'm proud of everybody. Are we done? We can keep going. Where was the first Burger King? Um, let's all field a different state. Burger King, I'm going to guess, I want to take pride in the state of Iowa. I'm going to say the first Burger King was in You'd Iowa. You'd be the first. What do you guys want to say? That was funny. What, I'm funny. weird, like Oklahoma? I, I, I don't know. Okay, See, Oklahoma and Iowa have been guessed. The, Brooks, what the, do you want to say? I'm going to say, the thing about I was why I watch, have you, I don't know if y'all have ever watched, Tom's a more of a History Channel guy than anybody else in here. Have you ever seen The Food That Built America? Yes. yes. Love so that show. They, they did one with like the burger places, and I can't remember if it was when, which two. I'm going to say Florida for Burger King. Okay. What is the answer, Tom? Uh, you're correct. It's Florida. Uh, it was founded in Jacksonville, Florida, but the first store. Uh, was located in Miami. I couldn't remember because there's. They told on that on that the food that built America. They told talked about Burger King, and I couldn't remember if it, they said it started in Florida mm-hmm. or if it started in Indiana. Because there's a Burger King in Indiana that is called Burger King, right. but it's not affiliated with Burger King, the franchise. And it's right. like there cannot be a franchise Burger King within a certain mile radius of that Burger King. Yeah, the uh, Burger King started out called Insta Burger King, uh, and uh, 1954 operated their first store in Miami. So there you go. Honestly, I would have guessed like 40 states before I got to Florida. I had no idea it was from Florida. Pays to watch the History Channel, kids. Uh, yeah. Isn't the largest <laughs> McDonald's in the world in Florida? Maybe. Isn't it like there's near a, Miami? There's a two-story Burger King in Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Um, looks like the one that looks like a train station. Yes. Yeah. Here's four more for you. The first Best Buy was in Burnsville, Minnesota. Hmm. Does that feel right? Sure. I would have guessed Northeast. And, yeah, kind of. The first Staples was in a town called Brighton, which is essentially Boston. So Boston has really? Dunkin' Donuts. They also have Staples. See, and CVS. If you told and me the Red Sox. And the Red Sox. <laughs> if you told me to guess Best Buy, I would have gone California. <laughs> the first Old Navy. Does anybody want to feel to guess? California. I will I will also concur. I'll, I'll say California. I, it feels California. That's, that does feel California. 
a city by the name of San Francisco yeah. is home to the first Old Navy. I'm a, I'm a big Old Probably Navy guy. Probably near the... I like so Old you Navy just a have lot. To look at like some of the fashion that they have in Old Navy and be like, yeah, that's this, California. I got the shirt at Old Navy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, GameStop. Ooh, that seems like that's got to be that's got to be like Portland, Oregon, or something. Yeah, well, I'm thinking like Ooh, yeah. Silicon Valley, maybe on but no. the state of Washington, <laughs> mm, Seattle. We're not Tacoma. anywhere near oh, the right it, part of the country. Is no. it like just dead middle? Is it like Wisconsin or something? It could be Kansas. I don't know. I'm going Wisconsin. That's our closest guess so far. Was wow. Kansas? Illinois. The first GameStop. We're further away. Texas. Texas. Dallas, Texas. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Home of the first GameStop. I was They're going out of business rapidly. Well, the, yeah, they've had some drama we, lately. Well, we did we did McDonald's and Burger King, so we got to do Wendy's, JJ. Wendy's, Wendy's. is... Um, Indiana. Indiana. Close, but not... That's Ohio, right? Ohio? Yeah. All right. Columbus, Ohio. Again, watch the History Channel, kids. Yep. Go For, Buckeyes. All these states, and it shows you that there really can be some, some states that you wouldn't think of necessarily as creating these companies. But please tell me of a company that started in, like, the Dakotas. <laughs> like, please find me one that we all know and love that's from North or South Dakota. I, well, and I, I think it's not one to know or love. So now the reason that I remember Academy being or headquartered in Texas is I just recently looked at one of the maps – and it's a map of the U.S. and it has uh, famous corporations that uh, for each state. So, uh, for instance, Georgia was Realtree, which is based out of Columbus, and so Realtree Georgia is known for. But Texas was Academy. So now, without looking at that map, there are some companies, you know, obviously in the Dakotas, but I can't remember. One of them I think is like a knife manufacturer. Uh, yeah. And then also like, also, like, what, would we be safe to say that Idaho's would be, like, famous Idaho potatoes? Something with potatoes. <laughs> or, what would New Mexico's be? Uh, they, New Mexico was actually a firearms uh, manufacturer. Okay. I, can't, I can't remember. It may have been Ruger. Uh, maybe Ruger was out of New Mexico. Okay. Interesting. I'd have to pull There's that. There's a lot that. of that, a lot of that stuff out there with very big land areas, but the smaller populations. Just harder to get. A global phenomenon, yeah. I guess. See, unfortunately, I don't know how I would be able to. I'm trying to type that up. Uh, Where are things from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those random maps that popped up on like my Facebook right. feed. I, I know I what like, you're talking about. I've seen this before. Have you ever heard of Fargo, North Dakota? Yeah. Isn't there an FX Fargo show? Fargo Dome. And yeah. there is a show yeah. called Fargo. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Wells Fargo? Really? No way. Not connected. Damn. Okay. I was about to say, isn't it? Isn't that? So, isn't it because it's the dude's last well, name? Well, sorry. Is it from North Carolina? Well, together we'll go from far. New York, New York. Oh, okay. All right. I was curious. I was like, wait a minute. What if? What that if? was very clever. I, you had me. I yeah. was like, that's the most gullible thing I've done in a long time. Is I was like, oh, you're kidding. Huge, huge news. They can bank well up there. <laughs> Brooks, at any point in your life, do you want to go to North Dakota? Maybe once, just been, to say that I've been there. I've been to South, isn't, South isn't Dakota. It's, Sioux Falls, like, really nice. I'd, not, I'd go see a bison really. football game. All right. <laughs> Never mind. Brent's over here trying. For, like, I'm just uh, like, hey, there's some cool uh, touristy spots. Like, yeah, and yeah. Get, get bent, Dakotas. 
I'd go just to just to say I I went, cross it off the map, you know. Yeah. So what what states have you all been to? Like you've stopped physically I, stopped in. I I am I. It's better that I say the ones I have not been to. Hmm. So like I Washington, Idaho, Montana, Oregon have not been to. Uh, and did you go see Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? I didn't, but I I saw oh, Mount Rushmore is also there. Uh, I I went through Sturgis, South Dakota, where the big bike rally is, uh, and then Devil's Tower, which is technically in Wyoming, but it's still all part of the Black Hills area right there, the Devil's Tower. So I've been there. It's really interesting to think about. I've never been west of the city of Auburn, honestly. Like, I've never been past that way. No, you've been but to I have been. Hmm? You went to Tallahassee. I did go to Tallahassee. But <laughs> Birmingham's west. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was north. You can north. join JJ in not knowing how where the hell yeah geography geography. But I have been up the <laughs> East Coast all the way to New York, so I think it would be safe to say you've not been west of Birmingham. Birmingham yeah, and Montgomery are pretty in line. Yeah. Um, but you've been I know to Mississippi. You've been to I've never been to Mississippi. Never been to Louisiana or well, Arkansas. Or any I'll of those tell you states. what, you're missing a lot in that state of Mississippi. It's a good. One. I've I went through Tennessee for like 20 minutes one time. You need to get out more, son. Recommend. <laughs> I've been to New York. I've been to Philadelphia. I've That's been to, fair. I've been to Washington, D.C. Um, Brant, I recommend. Brant, you've been places. I've been places. Been I've been places. to Caraguatatuba, Brazil. You've been places. I re- Twice. I recommend. I'm, I'm looking at a map now. I recommend a road trip. Okay, through. yeah, yeah. Where is uh, where's Geneva relative to that? Because my grandparents live in Geneva, so I've been Geneva, there. Alabama? Yes. Down on the Florida border. Not in uh, Geneva, Switzerland. Uh-huh. Geneva, Alabama is like on the border of Florida. Our yeah. show is ending. It's been a fun way. Oh, I Wednesday. hear the music now. Yeah. We need to get out of here. I recommend a road trip through Mississippi if you've never been. Brooks, thanks for okay, being yeah. here. No, don't do that. For, don't for do what? Yeah. Brooks, for what? we'll see you on Friday. All right. Brian, I'll see you tomorrow. We won't see you. I hope you have a great trip, though. Thank we'll you. see you next week. But you'll week. be on the show tomorrow. Brant, you'll be on the show tomorrow. Tom, we'll see you next week. I'll be here next week. That does it for today's show. Thank you to Cole Pinkston for stopping by. For Brooks Monroe Childress, for Ryan Lavoy, for Brant Daughtry. And for Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.